5021 David, we got a fender down and two GSWs to the chest. I need you to meet us at Molly's. <laughs> For the most powerful podcast on the planet. Ladies and gentlemen, I go by the name of Leroy Hawkins, and if you're not listening, you obviously ain't learning. Copy that. gonna be all sunshine and roses but i can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride shy hearts happy friday it is episode 236 episodes 2 802 1102 and 1002 not a great night in one chicago land imo it was definitely after what we felt was like a real high for the most part coming off the premieres. This was definitely more of a letdown than I had anticipated. I'll put it that way. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that, that, there's no other way to put it other than I agree. I feel like that was like the nice way of putting it. Uh, we'll sum it up this way. So after the show's finished airing, we got on the group chat with the pod squad. So like Lauren from the locker room, Logan and Kim from Ladies Night. And I definitely burst into tears at one point. So like, that's your summation of how well the night went. You burst into sad tears and Lauren burst into happy tears. I, yeah, that's exactly what happened actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely a needed group chat sesh. And I think we're going to need one after next week too. Oh my God. We're going to need like an even bigger one next week. Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's jump into the news. It's, it's going to be one of those days, guys. I know you came to listen to us and be like, what do they have to say? And we're just, it was rough. It was yeah. rough. Yeah. All right. Let's jump in with the news, which is also rough. Rough is the theme this week. Okay. So from TV line, this dropped right after med aired last week and dropped their premiere Chicago med EPs explain Dylan Scott's unexpected exit in season eight premiere. Uh, I hate this. Okay. Here's the quote from Andy. He was a former cop and that dynamic and his being caught between those two worlds is what was so interesting in his character. But we felt we really played that out with a number of storylines. And finally, with the death of the woman he loved, we felt this would be a good time for him to move on. I hate this excuse. Two is not a number of storylines, and I wouldn't even count the stuff with Carmen at the beginning of the season as a full storyline. Honestly, I'd forgotten about that until right the second. Absolutely no pun intended, but this is a cop-out. It's true. That was a terrible pun, but yeah. No no pun intended. I I mean, that's the expression. I know, but it is also punny. But um, yeah, no, this is bad. And I was really hopeful that I was like, Maybe, you know, I was like, maybe he just wanted to leave. I was like, and then maybe guy just was ready. And I, then I read this. I was like, fuck. I just, that it's just such a terrible excuse. Like there was nothing left. Like we, we, we wrote the number of storylines there are for him. No, no. Well, and it's one of those things where it's like, sometimes I feel like they give this excuse some, you know, when they feel like a character's not working or a character's not well-received, but mm-hmm. it's like, Dylan was probably the most loved character on Med after one year. Yeah. Like, generally loved. And it's like, so even if you thought maybe he wasn't popular, like, which is totally a lie because he was very popular. Like, I just don't understand what they were doing. I don't get it. 
why do all of his storylines have to tie in with him being a cop? Like, just because he used to be a cop, it doesn't mean it's his entire identity. No, and they never hardly touch on the fact that he was in pediatrics. Like, that that was his specialty. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, yes, he got a lot of kid cases, but, like, we could have done so much more with the kid thing. Exactly. And even the Carmen and Terrell stuff, they never really finished that. That kind of just, like, ended. And then we moved on to Milena, and that was not... Like I, that was not my least favorite thing of Dylan last year. I just, it really makes me sad that they just kind of were like, oh yeah, like, you know, he kind of was ready to move on. I was like, no, we weren't ready to move on. He wasn't either. There's more, there's more stories for him to tell. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's kind of on them for developing kind of a flat character. Maybe you should have given him more dimension. I don't even think they developed a flat character. I really don't believe that Dylan Scott was a flat character. No, but I mean, like, they only gave him, like, one personality trait. As in, like, you're a former cop. That's it. Right. No, I I understand that. I'm just, I don't even, I, I thought they did a lot of interesting stuff with him last year. And mm-hmm. even though they focused a lot on him being a cop, I still feel like they did a lot of interesting things with that. And I just, there was so much more there. And I just, it really frustrates me that this is kind of their excuse for every time they have a character leave. Can we also point out the fact that they got rid of a person of color and replaced him with two younger white men in this episode? Mm, Yeah. Didn't even think about it like that, but yeah. Yep. That's troublesome. Yeah. 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 So there's another quote in here from Diane and, or I'm sorry, Andy. And um, Andy says, you know, the writers wanted to, and I quote, really make his exit meaningful that he didn't just disappear, but it was really grounded in the story of the first episode. Okay. Congratulations. You didn't pull a Vanessa Rojas. It's not that hard. Well, I, I will. I mean, again, I do think that if they had, not that I like the fact that they wrote him off, I did appreciate the way they wrote him off. And I do feel like that made sense for the story and kind of wrapped up that story. But I still feel like you could have had him just leave for like a few days or a few weeks, like take a leave of absence and like then come back. Like, I don't think it's crazy that Dylan felt the need to get out of med for a little bit. I don't think that's crazy given everything he went through and the fact Mm -hmm. that he lost in his words, the love of his life, but like he could have come back. That's what I don't understand. You could have just had Dylan. We had Ethan gone for most of the season last year because Brian was off filming with Nicole Kidman and you made that work. So for story purposes, you still could have had Dylan leave because I think that was the right move. Dylan needed to clear his head and get out of it. I do think that is the right character move. But like you could have also had him come back. You could have made it very clear that he was taking a leave of absence and planning to come back. Not only that, but there was a time jump between the premiere and episode two. Did you catch that line when Archer said it had been, or not Archer, um, Hannah had said that it had been a month since the fire? I thought it had been two weeks because Ethan makes a comment that he was on vacation for two weeks, which would have caught them up with fire and PD because fire and PD both skipped two weeks in the premiere. So Hannah, and then in the early in the episode, and we'll get into the specifics, she says to Will, she's like, it's been what, a month since the fire? Oh, see, I missed that part. I was paying attention because I saw Ethan, you know, Ethan was on vacation for two weeks. Mm-hmm. So I assume that for whatever reason, they threw that in there so they could time jumping, be caught up with fire and PD. I, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But either I mean, way, I do think there was a way to still have Dylan exit for a little bit that would have made sense with the story, mm-hmm. but also had him come back. 
because you did it. Ethan was barely in last season and you made that work. Mm-hmm. So yep. I don't understand. It's just the excuse of them being like, we told his story fully. That's no, he's a human being. He's a full-fledged adult. Not everybody is defined by like your career doesn't define all of who you are. No, no. And I think the thing that also bugs me too, is that like, uh, Diane went on to say at one point, you know, it's like Dylan is moving on, but not necessarily out. Like, you know, and consider the door open for return appearances. Like we would love to have him back. He was great. And it's like, that's such bullshit. Like, I mean, you've said that about like every character that's left the show and nobody has come back except for Gaia. Yeah. Which we'll get to that in a second, but like, yeah, nobody has come back. Nobody. I'm starting to realize that when Wolf says, oh, they're welcome back anytime, it's an empty promise. Yeah. Well, and it just doesn't feel like I get it. You could say they were great to work with, but you don't have to say, oh, well, we like, you're not going to bring back every character that leaves the show. That's also kind of stupid or else you wouldn't have had them leave the show. But like, I don't know. And if you, if you think the world of Guy Lockhart and you're saying, oh, he was so wonderful to work with, then why'd you write him off in the first place? Right. It's just stupid. Yeah. It just... I really hate this excuse. Same. Like, I just, there has to be a reason. You did not just run out of things to tell with Dylan. You just didn't. It just, there has to be some other reason or whatever. And I get that there's probably certain things that happen behind the scenes that we'll never know about that, like, also probably contributed to this if I had to guess. But, like, I don't know. You need to start coming up with different excuses because it's, I just, I'm really over the, like, we ran out of things to do. Because you're writers, you could have come up with something. Exactly. Exactly. Frustrating. Take us through the next one, please. Okay, so this one is about Yaya surprise return. And it was an interview with TV Line. And, you know, they were just asking questions and said, you know, how did April's return come together? Did you reach out to Yaya as soon as, you know, her series didn't get picked up for season two? And Andy said, you know, that's not why. It was an idea we had last season to bring her back for Dr. Choi, and she was amenable to come back. It wasn't like we were waiting for her series to get canceled. The timing just, you know, happened to work out well for us. And Diane said she will be back on a couple of more episodes. She will have a big storyline. And then they asked, you know, how soon after premiere are we going to see her again? And episode five is when we get to see her again. So okay. the week after your wedding. Oh yeah, you're right. The week after my wedding. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we dropped our takes on this last week. I'm, I'm more so I'm excited for Ethan. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm just yeah. curious, like, you know, last week when we were discussing it, obviously we recorded early, so we had no idea, you know, what their plans were. If she was, co- we really had no idea if she was even coming back for, I mean, anything. Yeah. So I am excited to know that like, she's coming back for at least a couple more episodes you know, that she's gonna have a big storyline, you know, that they aren't just like having her return. Like, I'm, I'm curious to see where they go with this. Honestly, I'm yeah. not trying. I'm like, optis, uh, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm hoping they show growth between the two though. If they go back to fighting like toddlers and like well, her putting her needs on the back burner for him. No. You, what I feel like that. by her not being around every episode and them not working together, I feel like that's not going to be the case. Um, 
And we, and also they're just such different characters at this point. Like when she left at the end of season six, like everything that Ethan went through last year, even though he was barely around, but when he was around at the end, like Mm -hmm. he just went through so much shit. And I'm sure she has too, obviously off screen in the white space. And I just, I have a hard time believing that like, they're going to be as catty as they were when they were together originally. Mm -hmm. I hope not at least, but I am, I'm excited. I'm really, I am excited to see like what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, too. I do think it's hysterical though that they were like, "Oh yeah, we weren't just waiting for her series to get canceled, but like she probably couldn't have made it work. She re- you you had the idea last year, but you couldn't make it work because she was on a t- another TV show." I feel like you and I are getting pretty good at speaking showrunner. <laughs> it's really bad. So what happens when you do this for five years? Yeah. Yeah, I think we're getting pretty good at speaking showrunners. So when they're like, we weren't waiting for her show to get canceled. But also I think her show getting canceled probably made it a lot more convenient. logistically able to happen. Yeah. 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 I'm willing to bet that it wouldn't have come about as an idea had her show not been canceled. When you could have had the idea, but that doesn't mean you could have made it happen. Mm-hmm. But I, regardless of that, regardless of us being snarky about it, like I am actually, I am excited to see what happens with this and, you know, I'll be curious to see what happens with April and Ethan. So, yeah. Absolutely. So we also have a bit from TV line. We got a little scoop on Matt's inside line. Since Chicago PD is headed into a milestone season, which includes the 200th episode, are there any plans to promote Kevin, Kim, or Adam to the rank of detective? Someone asking the important questions. The important questions. Yes. Do we know Damar? Yes. I think we do. Yeah. 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 Assuming it's the same Jamar. I feel like it has to be, but like. Has to be, yeah. I love when it's like our patrons or our listeners who are giving TV line like the tough questions. Like, yes, snaps for you. Good job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here's the answer on that one. We delivered your question to Gwen Segan, who said, we're definitely playing with the idea of possible promotions in season 10. We haven't figured out exactly what we plan on doing with it, but it's something that's been there for years. I would love to see some movement there and get to see some detective badges come in. Girl, what are you waiting for? Right. Like now or never. Like, like at this point, honestly, season 10, you know, milestone season, like just do it now or just never do it at this point. Like, I mean, this is the perfect season to do it. Like just do it and get it done with. Bestie Gwen, please. Just like they deserve it. They've been with the unit for 10 straight years. They have put up with Voight's bullshit for the past 10 years. That should be a meritorious promotion in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, kind of. It's just the truth. Just You're the not truth. wrong. So there was another question in there about if there was any hope for a slightly bigger crossover on Chicago Fire, PD, and Med. So here's the quote from that from friend of the pod, Andrea Newman. So she said, a big three-way crossover is still a challenge to orchestrate with COVID protocols, but it's a possibility. Uh, She said, there'll be some fun stuff, not only with our show, but in the One Chicago Universe with Violet's family this year. We're going to meet Violet's family? I'm so excited. Bring it on. Bring it on. Yes. This is what I wanted. We really need merch that says Violet for president. We need more Violet, just Violet merch in general. Yeah. You can never have enough Violet McCommy in your life. You really can't. You can't. She's a queen. Um, 
But I will say, I think it's interesting that they're saying it's like, and I'm not saying that it's not a challenge to orchestrate with COVID protocols, because obviously I understand that it still exists and they're still going undergoing like testing all the time and what, like, I get that. But if Law and Order can do it for their premieres and they are all Dick Wolf shows on the same networks, like it can't, it can't be that big of, like, it can be done. It's just a matter of, do you guys story-wise want to go through that? Mm-hmm. which I get and I get you know I mean we both remember kind of going through watching that we watched some film infection and just like how much of a chaotic time that was and they were literally filming it like three days before it was like finished yeah. and then aired so like I understand that too but I just like if law and order can do it then you guys can do it there was definitely a moment in our trip last week and more about this in a minute but there was definitely a moment we were in Chicago last week at Lottie's watching the premieres that Lauren from the locker room and I were both just like, why does Law and Order get to have the fun? Why can't we have a big crossover? Yeah. It's like a sibling relationship. But I feel like they're going to get there whether, I, I don't know if it's going to be this season though. Right. And I hope, I I want it to because I just, I miss the crossovers. Like Infection, I was rewatching it recently and it's just, it's so good. Like it's so fucking good. It is. And like, even though it's a little weird to watch it in like, you know, post-COVID times but like it's still just so fucking good really is and I just I want another one like that Mm -hmm. because that's why these shows are the best like that is the reason why these shows stand out from all the other ones god and crossovers are just so much fun like it's just it's chaos but it's like fun chaos oh it's the best Mm -hmm. it's like it may have taken them however many weeks I mean it was a ridiculously long time to film infection but it turned out so well it's like worth it I think to this day infection is still the best one they've done oh by far yeah because just the way they crossed everyone like it was like you couldn't even tell which hour you were watching Mm -hmm. like and they everyone crossed over and it, it just it's so good it's so good but yeah yeah yep I would love a crossover Please. Yeah, hopefully, maybe in the spring. Hopefully. Fingers I would crossed. love that. Fingers crossed. So there was also a question in TV lines, uh, Matt's inside line says, is there any chance we will see Dr. Rhodes played by Colin Donnell on Chicago Med again? This goes right back to what we were saying about how we're getting pretty good at speaking showrunner. I'm honestly kind of surprised that TV line picked this question to like use in their, you know, in the inside line. Like it's just kind of random. I'm not mad though. I mean, I'm not mad, but it's just kind of also random. Whose column is this again? Hang on. Matt's Matt, inside line, right? Uh, yeah. Is yeah. Matt a shyhard? Uh, maybe. He might be. I mean, never hurts to have a shyhard on your side at one of the major outlets. Just saying. Yeah. Hey, Emily. <laughs> But yes. Okay. So uh, Diane said, I don't think you can ever rule that out. Again, this is showrunner for no. So she said, Colin was a guy we loved working with, and he was a very strong member of the cast for a long time. We would welcome to see him again. If you would welcome to see him again, why'd you write him off in the first place? But whatever. Yeah. Just gonna be the Kermit sipping tea meme for a moment. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, that's that's the recap from Inside Line. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we've got another bit of news, and it's unfortunately really sad. Yeah, it's really, really sad. It's really heartbreaking. Go ahead, Brennan. 
So there was an article in People Magazine that came out this week that revealed that, unfortunately, uh, Marlene Barrett has revealed that she has not only uterine cancer, but also ovarian cancer. Um, And the article goes into more details. She basically said, you know, she found out earlier this year. um, And, you know, it just we we even talked about it last week about Marlene's weight loss and, you know, Obviously, it was very noticeable last week, and then you kind of realize why, and it's just like, it's just really, it really sucks for her. I feel so heartbroken for her. It's absolutely heartbreaking. It's devastating. She's so young, too. Yeah, and she's got two young kids. Um, yeah, it's real. it really hurts. Oh, God. It, yeah, it just sucks. And I think she, and, you know, obviously she's working and going back and forth between, I think she's getting, if I remember correctly, I think her chemo is getting done in LA mm-hmm. and obviously she's still working. She's still filming the shows, um, you know, and she signed this summer, she signed a three-year contract. So she's going to be around for a while, you know, on the shows, but um, yeah. So she's going back and forth, I guess. Yeah. And, and in the article that dropped, she said that work is her distraction yeah from the chemotherapy so she's gonna stay on as long as she can yeah which i mean good for her um but yeah it just it really it, it was so unexpected obviously you know I, nobody knew that this was coming well fan wise nobody knew this was coming and it was just i was really shocked to see this oh god it just sucks yeah it just like felt like such a gut punch when the article came down yeah God, and she's so young. I just can't get past that. She's only 44. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I don't know. There's just like, there's nothing you can say in that situation that's going to like fix anything other than no. just it. It sucks. Well, and I mean, the only thing we can say is, you know, that we're thinking of her and we wish her nothing but the best and we're sending her all the love and well wishes. I mean, that, you know. There's not, like you said, there's not much we else we can say, but we love you and we want you nothing. We want nothing for you but a speedy recovery. Yeah. And to kick cancer's ass. Yes, please. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got an entire fandom that has your back. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So that's all the news we've got for today. As always, um, if you see anything, feel free to send it. It, it does help us. Um, we're usually pretty on top of it, but dude, real life sometimes, man. Well, yeah, we're like literally in the like, we're so close to your wedding. It's like getting kind of crazy and there's a lot happening. Um, My wedding is two weeks from today. You're listening to this on Friday, two weeks from today. Yeah. I've had the same like stress migraine like all week just like the pain and like the right side of my eye just feels like there's like an ice pick and it's all stress yeah yeah but I did get the bridesmaids gifts on Thursday you will be pretty pleased with them I hope I'm I'm just so excited I get to leave I was like looking at my calendar at work today and I was like I have one more full like full week of work left I was like I can do it I was like I can do it yeah yeah 100 so it's crazy yeah. crazy yeah so um last up um i mean you guys are you guys are pretty smart and i post on social media all the time so we all know gina was in chicago last week 
I'm uh, so bummed I couldn't make it. I know. I'm so bummed you couldn't make it. Dude, there was a certain point, I think on like the last day that we were there, I like or the second last day, I looked at Lauren and I was like, I don't think you understand right now. Like, I so wish Brenna was here because she keeps my ass in check. Like, <laughs> Lauren and I are like oil, like not oil and water. We're like gasoline and fire. Like we feed off of each other and like make each other, you know, yeah, that much like. We egg each other on is basically the dynamic I'm, I'm, I'm referring to here. Brenna keeps my ass in check. So not having you there was really hard. Yeah. No, I was just, I was just so bummed because it was like kind of a last minute thing. And I, I'm honestly glad I didn't go because I really felt like shit last week. And I was just not, I would have been, I would have been miserable. Like I was not in a good place. Um, but I'm really bummed that I missed it because like I had so like literally it was like you got there and you sent the text of you and Lauren at like 1 a.m. And you were like, we've heard together. And I was like, fuck, I was like, the FOMO has kicked in. I was like, I can't do this. I know. And I'm so sorry. I should have asked you, like, you know, do you want me to like mute? Do you want to mute me or anything like that's fine? No, I want like- it all. I want it all. I trust me. Okay. I wanted I wanted to. I mean, but, you know, just like the FOMO, like it was like you yeah. and eight, you and Austin. It was like you couldn't go. And it was like. The FOMO was real. I would have, I would have felt even worse if I had been keeping you out of the loop. So that's why I'm like, no, I wanted to be in the loop. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm feeling the FOMO right now, but like, I wanted to know. So like, it was fine. Yeah. So, uh, Lauren got to Chicago on Tuesday, the 20th. Yeah. So she got there earlier in the day. She got to see them filming on the 20th. I got there at night and pretty much like I mean, I, I was late to the party. I got there at like nine o'clock at night. So pretty much I got to the hotel at 10, went and hung out with Lauren and her friend Grace, probably until like one or two in the morning. Ooh, they like, they got wine. Cause we figured we were like, dude, like when we get together, yeah, let's like, we'll have some wine. We'll chill, whatever. That shit was potent, potent. What'd um, they buy? It, it, was, it was some brand just called Josh. Oh, Josh is good. You know, Josh, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. But, um. Well, it could have been also that I was on an empty stomach. That'll do it too. But I definitely probably. Up- I was yeah. gonna say Josh, I don't feel like is that potent, but definitely woke up at like five o'clock in the morning with a massive headache. Massive headache. But uh rent was on like one of the HBO channels. So I was like, let me take my Advil and just let this kick in. So uh we went to PD filming that first day and Patty and LaRoyce were filming some sort of scene in Lincoln Park, which is apparently a nice part of Chicago. I don't really know the neighborhoods too well. Um, Our patron Allison joined us. Um, Yeah, I love that Allison, like one week off of work had like coincided with you guys being like, I think that's so fun. Yeah, yeah. So we met up with Allison and then Patty and LaRoyce were filming some scene. It was basically one of those scenes where like they come in guns blazing and they're like, CPD, like drop the weapon. Um, So that was cool. Um, is that where you had Patty film the TikTok that is like amazing? And if you haven't seen it, it's so good. Uh, yeah, yeah. So if you've missed that on the TikTok, I did the wrong answers only. Um, yeah. And that was actually my goal. I wanted to make sure that I had a vision of how it was going to work. And I was like, okay, couple fans, then we're going to end with Patty. And I got it. So his answer was like, honestly, the best thing he could have said. Yeah. He knew, he knew that that was the right answer. Yeah, yeah. That was wrong answers only. He knew that that was the right answer. Yeah. Um, as you can tell in the TikTok video, I had some issues getting the others to answer wrong answers only. <laughs> that was but funny. Patty answered it correctly. Patty, Patty knew answered. what he was doing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. That was great. But yeah, when we saw Patty, um, it was really warm that day. It was like 80 something. So he comes over and he's like, oh, let's take a picture. So we're at the point now, this is not a humble brag or anything. This is something that I did not realize we were going to stumble into. 
after five years of doing the podcast, two years of which were all Zoom interviews, right? Yeah, we really got blessed with Zoom interviews because in the first two and a half years when they were all phone interviews, like I think people kind of start to know your voices, but like you don't get the seeing, you know, like they don't get to see you and put like a face with the name, but Zoom interviews like really changed the game for us. You guys, I'm not even kidding. This is not, this is not a humble brag. Okay. This is just, I did not realize this was going to happen. This was something that just like happened. And I was like, oh shit. You guys, the actors recognized me. The fuck? Like, this is my life now. This is your life now. So Patty comes across the street. He sees like the group of us and he's like, oh, hey. Okay. Wait, how many people were in this group? Because obviously I don't think it was probably just you, Lauren, Grace, and Allison. No, it was. At, at PD filming the first day, it was. Oh, okay. Never mind. Yeah. Continue. So, so Patty crosses the street. He says, he's, he's like, Hey guys, what's up? He gets closer. I'm not even kidding you. He gets closer. He sees me. He goes, Oh, Hey, I was <laughs> like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like this is not happening, but it is, but it's not, but it is, but it's not. He's like, I didn't realize it was you. I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. What <laughs> is my life right now? Yeah. Like, and so I tried to play it off. I was like, oh yeah, you know me. But on the inside, I'm like, holy shit, holy shit. Like on the inside, I'm like, be cool, be cool. Does he mean that in a good way or a bad way? Like, okay. The question I haven't asked you yet though, did Patty say anything about, did he call you darling or did he use the word ladies at uh, any point in I, the conversation? I, I, he might've said ladies. He definitely did not call me darling. I would have remembered that. He's called me darling twice. That I mean, that's that's how it feels when Patty called me. I just darling. like every time I like I just remember that first interview we did, and when he got on like the phone, he was like, "Ladies," I just like I literally can hear him saying it in my head, and I just right. like die every time I think about it. Yeah, and that same interview, I asked him a question. He was like, "Well, darling," and I'm in the car trying to be cool, and I'm just like, "Oh my god, like swoon." <laughs> Yeah. So he's like, I didn't realize it was you. I was like, oh my God. Like I was not expecting this, but we took pictures. He was wonderful. He filmed the TikTok. I mean, Patty's the best. Patty's just the best. The best. He's always the best. Love him so much. So we didn't get to say hi to Leroy's. He was still filming, but uh, we decided to kind of move on from there. We got food around the corner and then um, just kind of moved on. But that was the first day. We watched the premieres at Lottie's, which was so much fun. Oh my gosh. That felt so good. Like it just felt good. Was it like super crowded? No, not really actually. But all the tables were reserved. So they were having a premiere party. Yeah, I knew uh, they were having the party. I just didn't know if it was like super crowded or anything like that. It really wasn't. I wonder if they like, I wonder if they made sure that everybody would have a table and then capped it at that. They might have, which I mean, was I think is kind of a smart, because you know, we've both been when it's like kind of, oh, no, we've only been, well, with you, I've only been when there's like parties. I went with Ashley when it was just like a regular night. Yeah. Um, But so yeah. yeah, we got to watch the premieres at Lottie's and it was me, Lauren, Grace, and then our, also our patron, Jennifer. Um, Jennifer, who's also the, the host of the Rookie podcast, uh, the Shot Talk podcast. I'm sorry. It's a podcast that talks about the Rookie. Well, and I didn't realize Beth was there either. Beth was there too. I'm Beth so bad. Like I said, I'm like all our friends and I'm like, ah. It was just so nice to like watch the shows with your other friends who are like just as, just as passionate about the shows with you. I mean, that's that's something that only happens like, once not once in a lifetime but that doesn't happen often that all your friends who you've met through the fandom are in one place watching it together Gina, do you know what i realized what? like earlier today that when i come in two weeks so like two wednesdays from now oh yeah like that's gonna be the first time we've ever watched an episode like live together it really is i know like we watch screeners and we watch old episodes but we've never watched like new episodes live 
together. We've never had a one Chicago Wednesday like side by side. It's gonna be wild. Like it that's like honestly wild. kind of mind blowing. I know. Me. I know. I'm really excited. I I will say I I was very like relieved that I I had already seen the episodes. I had already seen the screeners. So like for me, I was just kind of sitting back enjoying myself. I wasn't like hanging on every single detail. Yeah. But, like Lauren would get ahead of herself and like she'd say something to Grace. I'd be like, Grace, you need or Lauren, you need to pay attention to what's happening on the screen right now. Like <laughs> I'd have to kind of like reel her back in, but. Uh, it, it was great. It just, and it felt so good to be there. And then the table behind us was all background actors from the shows. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It was all background actors. So, um, you know, something would happen and they would applaud and then they would be like, oh, I was in this scene. I was there, you know, uh, really fun. We talked to a couple of them afterwards and, and they were just super, super sweet. Uh, it was fun. And it just, it, I, I can't express it. Up. It just felt so good to be there. Just so like familiar. Yeah. It just felt really good. Yeah. It was really fun. We had a great time. And then the next day, well, actually the, the first day we were there, we took a picture with Patty. We went over to fire filming in the afternoon. Um, we didn't get to see anybody. Like we didn't take pictures with anybody, but Alberto and Daniel were filming a scene. Um, that also began with Carver getting in his car. So Jake Lockett was there too. Uh-huh. So we saw him, we saw Alberto, Daniel, and we saw Christian from afar. That was cool. Yeah. Really, really cool. Yeah. So then the day, the next day we tried to hit PD filming. We couldn't find them. We were not successful. We went to a couple locations where like we thought they might be, but the permits were for a couple days later. So like the records were not quite right. We ended up going to the aquarium. We had a great time. Um, yeah, that was a really fun day. That was a really fun day. I thought the aquarium was so cool. I'm so glad we did that. Um, yeah. That was fun. And then the next day, so the next day, Lauren and I hit PD filming in the morning and we were there for like two hours. But like, again, I could watch them work all day. It's yeah, just, I could, yeah. It's amazing. It just, I love it so much. So yeah, so Lauren and I were, were at this location. We just kind of were chilling for like two hours. We were watching everybody come in and out. They were filming like inside of this auto repair building, but they would come out between takes that like we saw, we saw everybody, Tracy, Marina, LaRoyce, Patty, Benjamin, Jason. Was Jason I was gonna say, it was Jason there? Jason rolled up right in the middle when we were there because we we started talking to the head of security um, for PD. His name's Al. Such a nice guy, by the way. He followed the pod. He probably is not going to give us a listen, but he followed the pod. He's really sweet. We were talking to him and in the middle of it, he goes, oh, here's Jason. And Jason rolls up in like the sleekest, shiniest black SUV that I've ever seen. And like, I'm telling you, this thing rolls up. It's almost like a pro athlete, like entering the stadium, rolls up, stops. And like Sergeant Boyd just gets out of the car and just walks on in. Wasn't even Jason at that point. I was like, oh shit, like I'm a little scared and he's not even coming for me. So as they were all leaving, we got to say hi to, uh, we said hi to Marina and we said hi to Benjamin. Patty and Tracy were getting in the vans and they saw us and like Tracy gave us the biggest smile. I was just like, oh, hi like biggest smile it was great was uh, it only you two yeah it was. You guys... yeah okay. it, it was it was so uh patty and tracy get in the transpo van no big deal well marina's across the street and again this is another instance of them recognizing me which again blew my fucking mind like i can't express to you enough how i just was not expecting this marina's across the street across the street with her iced coffee in hand she looks across the street and goes what are you doing here that's <laughs> still the that best was- holy shit holy shit like this is my life now <laughs> so um yeah she just gave me a hug across the street she introduced herself to lauren she was like hi i'm marina um 
Lauren like, was- I know who you are, obviously. Yeah, Lauren was completely speechless. Her main goal of this whole trip was to meet Patty and Marina, and she did exactly that. Yeah, so, which I'm so uh, happy for her. Yeah, it was great. It was great. And so uh, we talked to Marina. She was super sweet. Um, we took pictures. And then Benjamin came over. Um, we got to say hi to him and just kind of like welcome him to the franchise and everything. And um, he did not remember that we interviewed him on Zoom like the week before that. Yeah, which I think is so funny. It's like, he's like, you told me that you said that something about like, oh, you guys have a podcast or you have a podcast. And you were like, uh, yeah, dude, you were just on it. You were on it like less than a week ago. <laughs> yeah, like two weeks ago or whatever it was at that point. Yeah, it was great. It was great. And Ben's, so Ben's super sweet. And uh, the the head of security at PD, he had nothing but nice things to say. Because we we asked him whenever he was inside, we're like, is Ben here today? Because like we didn't even see him. And he was like, oh, Ben's so great. He's so humble. He's just wonderful to work with. I'm, I want him back on the podcast so bad. Same. We're trying, y'all. We're trying. We're, we are. We're really trying. Um, and then we waved hi to LaRoyce, but that was about it. And so then we had, or no, we didn't have lunch. We went straight to fire filming because we are crazy like that yeah yeah so we went straight over to fire filming they were filming a big call that day and so we ended up on like the north side of where they were there was basically the city block that they were filming in and all the fans were on like the south block looking up this way well we somehow ended up on the north side so we facetimed brina first and foremost because like we had to right i was at work and i was and you like had something to tell me and i was like i don't care i'm in my office like it's friday nobody cares and i was like Oh, it was the best. Yeah. And she's like, so where are you guys? I was like, I'm so sorry. Let me turn around. And And you're like, here we go. There's 81. There's squad three. There's the crane (laughs) shot. Like, yeah. So they were in the middle of a big call. So this is the first time I've ever gotten to see fire film in person with like actual fire. Oh, so cool. It was so cool. Yeah. So then we, we ended up going around to meet up with the fans who were on the South side. Were there a bunch of fans there? There were a handful, probably like six, seven, eight, maybe. Okay. That's no. not terrible. Cause there were, there were, there were a couple fans who were already there. And then people who were passing by who like actually live in the area, they're like, we love Chicago fire. Oh my God. And they like stopped and waited. Uh, so we caught some of the actors as they were going to lunch, uh, which was cool. I, I did get to say hi to Hanukkah. We didn't get to take a picture together, but uh, cause she was going to lunch and I was like, girl, go. I understand. She's like, I just have to eat. I'm like, go do your thing. I get it. Trust me. I love uh, her so much. I know. I love her. I get, like, she gave me a big hug and she goes, I can't believe we're meeting in person. I was like, I can't believe we're meeting in person. Like, I love her. I it love was amazing. Her. Yeah. Yeah. And so Hanukkah went to lunch for some odd reason, Miranda had stayed behind. Uh, so like Miranda came to say hi to everybody. Like, right did she recognize home. you? She did. Not she did. Which like, what is my life? Like, I mean, we had just literally less than a week ago talked to her. Exactly, so. exactly. And so, and it was the same with Marina. We had literally just talked to her like not even a week ago. And so uh, she, yeah, Miranda came over to say hi to everybody. She turns around, she sees me and she goes, meet us at Molly's. And I was like, oh my God. Like, at least she got name. I mean, cause I mean, it's one thing to like recognize, you know, but like she actually got the name. That's like, cool. I was floored like absolutely floored and so she finally said hi and she gave me like the biggest hug like she went to just kind of like say hi at first and then she gave me like one of those side hugs where she made that like Miranda face she's like "Mm, I love you like that kind of face I love her she's the best and so and then like we she took pictures of all of us and then she turned to me she's like girl after our interview I had so many other things I wanted to message and tell you and I was like dude you should have I know she's like I might still do it I'm like 
you follow us go right ahead Miranda like she does follow us she doesn't follow us but like I was she's gonna say because I told her I was like I think you follow us which is Gina for you don't follow us um but she was like I do and I was like you don't but that's okay <laughs> um I was I cannot express enough how I was not expecting that for the cast to be like hey so like there was a certain point that Joe Minoso came across the street to take pictures with a couple fans. I actually kept a low profile at that point because I was like, no, I, I, I needed I needed Joe to like say something. I, I needed that in my life. It's because I was still so shook by Marina and like I didn't I, w- I was still so shook by it that by the time we got to fire, I was like, Lauren, did she mean what are you doing here as a good thing or a bad thing? And so I was still so shook by it that I was like. Joe can't know I'm here. Like, what if he recognizes? No, I you? needed. Oh my god, I didn't realize you saw Joe. I needed that. I needed it, yeah, that. Yeah, it was sweet. There were there were there were a couple fans across the street who like they brought a sign that said like "We Love Fire." And so as the squad guys were coming towards us to get in the transport van to go to lunch, they go. They were like, "Take a picture with us. Take a picture with us." And Joe goes, "Okay." <laughs> it was really sweet. It was That's sweet. awesome. But, yeah, um, but I kept a low profile because I was still just like, "Did Marina mean that as a good thing or a bad thing?" Like. It was, it was a great trip. It was such a good trip. I just, Chicago is so good for the soul. Like spring 2023, it's happening. God it's damn happening. it. We got to start planning it. Once we you get really, married, we, we once you get married, we're planning it. It just felt, it felt so good just to be back there. I'm like Pod squad spring, 2023, probably do a meetup. Like we're going to do, we're going to go all out spring, 2023, squad meetup, 2023, like, like an actual plan, not a last minute trip, but like an actual plan months into, you know, like it's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, it was such a good trip. We had so much fun. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I, like, th- this is one of the many reasons I wish you were with me. Like, I, I just, I still cannot believe that I'm like, Patty walks across the street and he's like, Oh, Hey, I'm like, Holy shit. <laughs> like, replayed that in my head for like three straight days I was like oh my god oh my god oh my god it is funny though it's one of those things where it's like they recognize you but it's still they're not gonna well Hanako knows names but that's because Hanako is Hanako yeah um but it's just funny that like I'm I'm kind of it's it makes me happy that Miranda at least got the podcast name because like mm-hmm. okay full disclosure she said meet at Molly's but she was only a word off okay that's close enough I'll take it she got three out of the four words right I'll take it she's such a sweetheart yeah she's oh i'm still so jealous you met hanako i love her i was quick it was really quick but she yeah she gave me a really big hug she was like i can't believe it's in person i was like i know like also i have such a girl crush on you i didn't say that but like i was definitely but same yeah but same i fucking love her as we were watching Miranda like interact with the other fans, Lauren and like or Lauren and I and the other fans were there. We just kind of like were and Allison. We were just I was like I literally turned and looked at them at one point and I was like she's like the Brooke Davis of my adulthood. Like I just I I, I can't express enough how much I love this woman. Like and she's behind us. Like what? Just but actually, yeah. It was just Chicago trips are good for the soul. It was really really good to be back i hadn't been back in three years so but yeah y'all we're serious spring 2023 yeah it's happening we don't know when but it's happening it's totally happening oh yeah so we've got one patron shout out today Jaden may has joined the family welcome we're so glad you're here you are jumping aboard at a very weird time in one chicago history but nonetheless we are so glad that's okay that's okay that's okay come join us we have cookies. No, just yes. kidding. But yes, so happy you've joined us. If you would like to support the pod for as little as $2 a month, you can check the link in our socials to our Patreon page. Lots of cool stuff. 
lots of cool stuff. Discount to the merch store, bonus episodes, the Facebook group, which is the best part. But actually though. IMO, just, you know, in my opinion. But yeah, check the link in our socials. It's a lot of fun. Just see which tier might be best for you. If you have questions, just send them over to us. Either one. All good. All right. Without further ado, shall we? Let's do it. Rough night in one Chicago land. Rough night. Yeah. Yeah. Two out of the three were kind of rough. I mean, I kind of feel like it was three out of the three, but I do agree with what you said earlier that fire was the best of the three. I actually, I didn't think fire, I, I think last night I was just in a mood. I haven't been feeling great the last couple of weeks and I was just not feeling it last night, just at anything. I was like, every show like struggled to hold my attention. But I think that was like said more of just like my feelings than I was like the shows. Cause then I'll rewatch this morning and I was like, you know what? I was like, I actually really liked fire. Like I did not think fire was that bad. I really didn't. I really liked fire was good, but med was still kind of a, Med, I was just like, I don't care about half of this. And then PD is a whole other fine. And it P and it wasn't even like PD was the Bursic stuff was fine. Like I it's just like which we'll get there. I'm not going on that rant right this second. But like it was just like a eh. overall, mm-hmm. like like I said, fire was good, but like I was just like eh for the rest of it. Yeah. Yeah, I completely Especially understand. coming off the strong premieres, I was like, eh. So here's my gripe with Med is that every single character coming into this, Will, Archer, Crockett, Ethan, all of them, every single character, com- well, not Ethan, but every single character coming into tonight's episode was stressed the fuck out. And it set the tone for the whole episode because every single character was coming in in a mood. See, I didn't even think about, I mean, like, now that you say that, I see it and it kind of makes sense. That was not even... Honestly, the thing that really killed Med for me was these new residents, interns, whatever the whatever level they are, because I could give two fucks about them, but we'll get there. And I'm I'm really mad about this Maggie Ben situation. Like yeah. it is it is not what not not it. Like I really like the Archer stuff. I really did like the Ethan stuff. Like that part was fine. But, like, I can't, I give two fucks about these residents, and I just, I don't care. Hudgens, I liked. Um, he didn't bother me. He was me. fine. He was fine, but I don't care. But, like, I'm, like, if you told me he wasn't coming back again, I'd be, like, okay. Kai, however, I want to punch in the face. Oh, my God. He's the fucking worst. He might be one of the worst residents I've seen on any medical show. Like, he fucking sucks. Oh, my God. We'll get there. But, like, wow, I wanted to punch him in the face. And I'm so impressed with Crockett for not doing that. Oh man, he fucking sucks. Yeah, it was bad. Really, really bad. All right, so Will got the first scene. So we're going to start off with uh, William and Hannah. So poor Will is standing outside of his apartment building or what's left of it. The windows are boarded up. Like it's just, it's a sad, sad sight. Yeah. Oh, it's, I feel yeah. so bad for him. So insurance hasn't yet approved his claim. He's in violation of like a ton of building codes. He's getting fined $700 a day. That's wild. I've never heard of like, I get obviously that if you have a building code, like you can be fine. Like I get that. But like $700 a day. That's egregious. I've never, I've never even heard of being fined per day for building codes. 
I've never, I mean, granted, I'm not like I have a ton of experience with it, but like my limited property management experience, I've never heard of that ever. See, and my other question too, that he was like, insurance hasn't approved the claim. I'm like, but the cause was arson. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, having been through an apartment fire where one of my residents or tenants burned down part of the building, like having been through that ourselves, um, did I never know this story? story? Have I never told you that story? No, why why do I not know this? Okay, side story. So 2020, we, back when we, we sold the apartment since then, but back in 2020, we had a tenant who was definitely not mentally totally with it. He, Mm. that was not a secret. Um, But he literally went around like the day, it was a Friday. I will never forget this. It was a Friday and he went around like the apartment building was telling like other tenants that he was going to burn the motherfucking place down. And like literally, but nobody called to say like, hey, you know, you may want to check on, you know, Jimmy Smith, like, you know, he's been saying literally none of our tenants called us ever. And like all of a sudden it's like Friday night, like, you know, eight, nine o'clock. And it's like, oh yeah, the building's on, like part of the building's on fire. He literally set fire to, it started in his apartment and like, yeah. So like, did he light his curtains? Like, what did he light? Yeah, pretty much. It started in like that corner, like the back corner by his window. And yeah. You have never told me this. I've never, I can't believe I didn't tell you that when it happened. Cause it was like a shit show. And then we dealt with insurance for 20 million years and it was a literal fucking shit show. Oh my God. That's insane. I'm currently Googling whether property insurance covers arson. Cause that's a portion of my knowledge that I don't have. Um, does property insurance cover arson? The things you Google. Yeah, no, but oh, it was. Okay, this is why. The short answer here is no. Nearly all home insurance policies will not cover arson. Oh, arson is not a covered peril. Oh, well. Oh, I feel so bad for him. There's no other way to phrase it. Well, the thing oh. that got me at that point was he was like, yeah, you know, my um, contractor, you know, wants to get going and blah, blah. I'm like, well, just let it go already. Like, it's not worth it. Let it go. Let it go. Trust me. But you can't blame him for holding on to it. He worked his ass off to get that settlement. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm of the opinion that he probably shouldn't have bought an apartment building in the beginning. But, like, that's because of my own experiences with apartments. So I'm just like, Will, that was not the right move. Dude, don't do it. Don't do it. (laughs) I mean... No risk, no reward, right? But also it means nothing coming from me because I'm like the number one Will Halstead stand out there and I will always find a way to defend him. Do you Ugh. own the Will Halstead fan club shirt? I really don't. I need to. Why? I'm. You know what? That's going to be your wedding gift. I'm going to just like send it to you. I'm like, let me just buy that for myself right now or, or a Halstead jersey because you, you don't know, have one of those either. Sure. How do you, the number one Will Halstead fan, not have that? I have the other Halstead jersey. Uh, awkward. So awkward. So sad. Oh, T Public's having a sale right now, actually. Guys, get into our T Public having the sale. Plug, 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 plug. plug. Yeah, log in. Let me see what different colors I have here. Um, yeah, I don't own the Will Halstead fan club shirt. I need to. I mean, we pretty much made that shirt because of me. So, uh, yeah. Oh, poor Will. Poor Will. Okay, so. We get to the ED. Will's kind of venting to Hannah. He's like, this is ridiculous. They're finding me $700 a day. Like, 
uh, I just want to like appeal it. This is bullshit. And Hannah's like, you just need to like tear it down. And Will's like, excuse me? Like, did, did you actually just say that? So Hannah's like, you just need to demolish it and move on. And so Will's like, you think I'm being a martyr. Will a martyr? Never. Never. I mean, no. Should just be his middle name at this point. It really should though. I know. <laughs> so Will and Hannah get patients. It's a mom and son who were in a car accident. And one of the medics suspects that they've been living in their car. So Will's really good with this kid. This kid's maybe like nine. He's got a broken arm, whatever. And this kid is holding on to this little jar with what's it, what's called a chrysalis in it. It's basically what a caterpillar goes into before it turns into a butterfly. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, <laughs> I didn't realize how on the nose the title of this episode was. I didn't either. I was going to make that comment too, that like caught between a butterfly and a, I forget what the- A wrecking ball and a butterfly. Yeah, wrecking ball and a butterfly. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, they mean literally- quite literally yeah 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 uh yeah so he's really good with the kid uh you know will just will tries really hard he just tries really hard there's a moment in there where like you know he's talking to the kid he's like i'm will what's your name like oh great that chrysalis is so cool and then like just completely gratuitous he's like by the way you're being really brave trying too hard will just a little bit bring it down oh boy okay so Hannah's with the mom. Will goes to talk to them or Will goes to talk to her and she's not all there. She thinks that there's a collection agency that's coming to get them. She kind of freaks out. They sedate her. Dr. Charles talks to the little kid and the kid is just kind of like, are you here to take me from my mom? And he's like, no, like why on earth would you ask that? And we get this little like parallel foreshadowing with the chrysalis. And so he just says, he's like, well, she might not look so good now, but pretty soon she's going to break out and be beautiful again. Yeah. Like pouring the symbolism on pretty thick this night. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Charles wants to wait because, you know, he's just like, okay, let's just see what's going on with mom before we decide how to move or, uh, you know, decide what to do. Yeah. Well, poor Will is still so agitated from the building decision that he, he doesn't want to wait. Will's just like, fuck this noise. Like, let's just rip him from her custody right now. Like William, you're Natalie is showing. Just a little bit. Your Dr. Manning is showing, put that away. <laughs> Stop it. So yeah, he's just trying to get some control when he has no control over anything else. Like I, I understand where, where it's coming from this time. So, all right, well, fine. So Dr. Charles goes back to talk to the mom because she won't give them consent to treat the son. So she basically starts talking to Dr. Charles and she's like, this is all fake. It's all like, you know, it's all fake. They're not actually doctors. Like the redhead was trying to fake, like force me into something I don't want. And he, uh, Dr. Charles just goes, Dr. Halstead is in fact a doctor. I'm just going to take that sound bite now and like use it every time somebody says something bad about Will. Just cause that's going to be like my starting point. They're going to be like, Will did something so stupid in this moment. Outside it's like, of Will ignored a DNR, but like, Will, Dr. Halstead is in fact a doctor. Brenda, Dr. Halstead is in fact a doctor. How dare you? <laughs> yeah. That's going to be my new line for everything. Like, Dr. Halstead is in fact a doctor. So yeah. So she's just like, no, it's all fake. It's all fake. And then she just kind of like spaces out. Kind of checks out. So Dr. Charles manages to, you know, when she like comes back and Dr. Charles is like, okay, well, like he convinces her to get the CT scan. Cause at that point he's like, not even worried about the sun. He's like, let's worry about you and get the scan of your head. 
So we tag in Dr. Abrams. Oh, thank God for him. He is so funny. He stole the show last night. He really did. And some of his one-liners, if it had come from anybody else, I would have been like, asshole. But with him, I was like, that's I mean, yeah, it, For him, it works. It's, yeah. Yeah. But it was yeah. so funny. Oh my God. It was so funny. So her scan is clear. We'll get into more of the other stuff that happens like between then, but her, her brain scan is clear. And so Hannah's looking at it. Dr. Charles is looking at it and Abrams is looking at it. And she's like, I don't think I'm reading this right, but like, that's clear. It's really weird. And Dr. Abrams is like, I'm surprised too. I'm so seldom wrong. <laughs> He's the only one that could get away with that. Like you said, and just be like, that's funny. But like yeah, anyone but- else I'd be like, asshole. Yeah. When he says it, it's hilarious. If it comes out of Crockett's mouth, I'm like, Hey, calm down. Yeah. (laughs) Funny. So the mom tries to take the kid and run, which results in him dropping the chrysalis and it breaks and everything. And Will is just kind of willing in the corner. He's just willing. He just looks, he's like, are you going to get me my court order now? Okay. Tiny seven-year-old who wants his happy meal. Sit down. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So yeah, he's like, are you going to give me a court order now? Okay, yes, fine. You get your court order. Congratulations. So they're about to take the mom up to the psych ward. And Hannah has this really badass, like, aha moment where she takes the scan. She's like, Dr. Charles, look at this. Like, I'm kind of out of my wheelhouse, but doesn't that look a little off to you? And he's like, yeah, it does actually. And she's like, and that means this, which means this, which could also mean that she has this going on. And so Dr. Charles is like, no, wait, like, I completely agree. And so he's like, Nellie, stop the transfer. Like, we've got to look at something else. Hannah saved the day like the boss bitch she is. I loved it. Yeah, she found a tumor. Like there was a tumor like somewhere in the mom's chest. And that was what was causing the, it was causing an autoimmune response, which was making her like have a psychotic break. Hannah, you badass. I love her. I really do. I love her so much. Yeah. Violet for president and Hannah as her vice president. Uh, yes. And then like Stella has to be chief of staff. Yes. Stella has to be the Leo. Oh my God. That would be amazing. <gasps> when Chicago at the West Wing. That's a thread I need to do. Uh, oh, I oh love God, Have Hannah we never done wings. a one Chicago West Wing thread? No, I kind of stopped doing the threads because like. No, I know they're hard to do every week, but like, how have we not? Oh my God, Gina, election day. Oh, perfect. Okay. We got to start working on that. We got a few weeks. We can, we can work on that. Yes. Yes. hundred percent. Election day. Perfect. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. So yeah, um, Hannah, Hannah saved the day. The mom had a tumor. They found it. They did the surgery and everything. They got it out. And the mom was totally coherent at the end of the episode. And she just looks at Dr. Charles. She's like, I'm sorry. I didn't know what was going on. He's like, you don't have to worry about that. Like, don't even worry. It's good. You're good. And Hannah and Will are just kind of like standing off to the side, just like watching proudly. Hannah Asher, you queen. Just yeah. Well, and it her. ends and Will finally decides to demolish the building. Oh, poor guy. Um, I was like humming Wrecking Ball to myself and then hysterically laughing at the terrible CGI. Oh my God. How bad was that? Oh my, it was, it was not great. But also I hadn't even thought about wrecking ball oh my god now i'm just picturing will will really nick like flying across the scene on the wrecking ball (laughs) oh my god we need to find just like the clip of the wrecking ball from the episode and and, like for tiktok well and like for tiktok like two wrecking ball i came in like yeah yep yep 
Oh, it just must have been so hard for Will to walk away from that moment because that's like his entire settlement is just going down by a wrecking ball. It's like he got the whole thing for nothing. Right. Like he didn't even get to sell it and like make some of your money back. You just literally are destroying it. But then I, okay, this is like, again, the property management person in me now. I'm like, okay, so you destroyed the building. Cool. What are you going to do with the land? You still technically own the land. Exactly. But he doesn't have any money to do anything on it now. Right. And it's probably not, it's not that big of a plot, it looks like. Um, So there's not really a ton he can do. Is it that desirable? I don't know. It's, I mean, Chicago, so it might be, but these are the things that run through my head then. Depending on the zoning laws in the area, pull a Derek Shepard and build your dream house. With what money though? He just lost all his money. I mean, surely he's got something saved up. Granted, the property market. No, like but he the- also just literally lost everything he owns. He has no clothes. He has no nothing. <laughs> Between your property management knowledge and my lawyer knowledge, like we could solve this problem for him. <laughs> yeah. Will, hit us up. Because like, all I know is that he will get to like deduct the loss on his tax return and carry it forward for a certain amount of years. Like he gets that. And like, between the two of us, we could solve this problem for him. Oh, we got this. We got we this. got this. Number one, Will Halstead fan. I got you. <laughs> but my heart really does break for him because, like, he went through. Like, he puts up with so much bullshit and like the Vascom settlement and like. Well, and I guess my question for Will is like, what now? Yeah, like where? Like honestly, and this isn't even like kind of. I mean, I kind of meant it jokingly because like he feels like he just keeps buying random shit and like it never works out. But like also like literally like what are they gonna have him? Like what is on Will's docket for this season. Flirting with Hannah. I mean, besides that. Like professionally, you know, Hannah relationship aside, like what are they going to do with Will this season? Yeah, that's a that's a really, really good question. I've, I've been thinking about that too, how, you know, every character kind of gets their thing for like the whole season. And so um, I have- Or even at least like half seasons or, you know, some, whatever, yeah. Yeah, because I'm kind of like, in my head, I'm just kind of like, well- why are we always just pairing him up with a woman? Like why, like it's it, every season he's paired up with a woman. They end up getting together. It's like the circle of Severi, just Will Halston edition. Well, and the thing that I, do, I mean, I don't want to see, but I would hope they see, you know, would want to see given the circumstances is I would love for them to see some, them do something with like him reacting to Jay leaving mm. or whatever's going to happen to Jay. I don't think they kill him, but like, you know, I just they don't kill him. Cause you know who spoiled it? Hmm. Nick Elfus. Oh yeah, Nick Elfus. That's true. Thank God for him. Yeah. But so him leaving. But I I'm just, you know, I'm curious. And I don't know how much they'll address it or not. I just, you know, that would be something interesting. It's like your, you know, again, crossover moment. So you make it happen. I'm I'm not emotionally. I know we'll get there. We'll get there. I just we will get there, but like I'm I'm not emotionally equipped for anything Jay Halstead related. I know. No, I know. Okay. So that is William and Hannah. And we really need to just tweet Brennan Brown and be like, please come on the podcast. Oh my God. Yes. I'll do it right now, dude. I'll send him a tweet. I don't care. Do it. And while I'm doing that, go ahead and start off with the next one. Okay. So next up we've got Archer and Ethan and y'all it finally happened. I feel like we've been waiting for this moment for 20 years at this point. It's been a long time coming, but we Sean Archer has entered the chat. Yes, he finally made an appearance. And this is how it goes down. You got old. Yeah, it's 
It's been a while. Fifteen years. I wasn't sure you were coming in. Well, I would have come earlier, but, uh... It turns out that... It takes a while to get, uh... Granted visitation. So I was talking to your lawyer, uh, Elisa Bly, uh, from the, the, the public defender's office. Mm -hmm. She said something about a plea deal? Yeah, we talked it over. She didn't think it was a good idea to fight this. Sounds like she fills you with confidence, does she? But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get you a new lawyer. Somebody who knows what the hell they're doing. It's okay. I'm cool with it. You're cool with it? You're just staying in prison? That can't possibly be what Can you we want. change the subject, please? Oh, for Christ's sake. Sean, you've been like this since you were a kid. You're always giving up on things to me. It's like how you gave up on me. You still using? Hmm? You know what? This was not a good idea. Hey, I, I'm, I'm just trying to... Hang it up now, Dad. We should do this again sometime, maybe another 15 years. Wait a second. I'm just trying to... Okay, I'm curious. I know you're in the middle of tweeting, but like, I'm curious. What were your first impressions of Sean Archer? I think they did a fantastic job casting him. He fantastic. really looks a lot like Steven. Yeah. And like, the, just to, even to the point of the hair, they did a fantastic job casting him. And I think it was really well-timed because a lot of Archer scenes in this episode, if they had happened last season or two seasons ago, we would have been like, what the fuck? Like, why is he doing this? He's so stupid. Like, why? We understand him now. And so the way he was talking to his son, even in his mannerisms, like the little details, I was like, he doesn't know how to act in this moment. That's his own son. And he hasn't seen him in 15 years. And like, he doesn't know how to like act in front of his own son. That's insane. Right. Especially because he knows that his son has this one perceived idea of who he thinks he is. But mm -hmm. Archer knows that, yeah, he may have once been that person, but he's changed a lot. Arthur Archer, I think, again, who thought we'd be like at this point in season eight, like defending Archer and actually liking Archer, but like, here we are. I love and it I, though. Yeah, I love it. But anyway, like Archer's definitely grown and changed. And I think it's, and he knows that. And so it's just, yeah, I agree. He didn't really know how to act. And I, I, I thought it was great. I, I mean, it's terrible that like, it didn't start off on the great foot for them, but like, I, I loved it. I, and I agree. His, the casting is amazing. And not I, our Matt Lanter headcanon, but like it still works. It's fine. It's great. And like towards the end of this conversation in this opening scene, it does go south a little bit. Right. Because, you know, Archer's just like, are you, are you using again? Like, what are you doing? Like you always give up. Why do you always do that? But now we know. And I think I, I personally think I learned it in this episode when he goes like full Archer, that's his defense mechanism. He's not mm -hmm. being an asshole. He's just putting his guard up. Yep. They did a really good job just in this one scene of like conveying so much. Yeah. Yeah. I was impressed. Yeah. All right. So like you said, doesn't, doesn't end that great there, you know, Sean ends up like storming away from the phone. Like he's not, he does, he's not having it anymore. So Archer reconvenes at the, in the ED with Ethan. And like we mentioned earlier, Ethan was on vacation for two weeks. Casual. I mean, like. That was kind of random, but like, okay. Please tell me that this man 
was on like a super sexy, steamy vacation with April. Please well, tell we me that. know that he said he was in a place with like no cell phones, like just sand, surf, whatever. So, I mean, it's possible, but I doubt it. I'm just going to keep that headcanon that like he didn't go on vacation by himself, but he met April at some like secluded resort in like Cancun or something. And they had just a wild two weeks. Yeah, sure. We'll go with that. <laughs> I don't think that's true. Whatever, Gina. We'll, well, well, sure. We'll go with that. So Archer introduced Ethan to the new, I think Hudgens is an intern, right? Because Kai's yeah, a, resident. a resident, like a first year resident. Right. So Hudgens is an intern. And so they're working on it. And Hudgens is going over this case, this patient that he's got. And Archer knows the patient. And it turns out that Archer was the first one to diagnose this patient with advanced stage ALS like a couple years back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he ends up having the patient has a simple respiratory infection, but because he has ALS, he can't properly clear the mucus. And so it's like turning into, it's going to turn into pneumonia and like obviously cause more problems if they don't get him to clear the mucus. So Archer wants to intubate him and clear it quickly and just like be done with it and move on. But the patient is like adamant about not being sedated. So. Yeah. 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 Um, I did not know that a DNI was a thing. Did you know that? Uh-uh. I've never I'm heard of a, a DNI. I've only ever heard of DNRs. Yeah. Guessing it's a DNI or, or do not intubate, but. Mm. Okay. Also though, this patient, do you know who Pedro Pascal is? Mm-hmm. The actor. I, I totally thought that they had nabbed him. I was like, they got this guy for like a guest role. Holy shit. That's huge. Like Pedro no. Pascal has been in so many things, so many things. And I was convinced it was him. It was not him. The afternoon was, was definitely Dillard, not Pogo. him. Wow. Wow, does Jonathan Delargo look like Pedro Pascal? Am I the only one who saw that? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Nobody else thought that? I mean, I can kind of see it now that you say it, but like it was definitely not what crossed my mind last night (laughs) or today when I was rewatching. Shows you where my brain's been the past like forever, how many weeks? (laughs) But Yeah. 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 So their patient, again, can't clear the mucus in his lungs. And, you know, they're just like, I'm not losing this one, not today. And Archer is like really working hard to convince the patient to like, let them do the bronchoscope, um, you know, because the infection will ultimately kill him. But the patient's like, you know, I'm okay with dying. And again, like Archer is like trying so hard to talk him out of it. He's trying so hard. Like he wants nothing but for the patient to be able, even though he's not, he wants the patient to be able to live life to the fullest that he'll be able to and Archer's just trying so hard to get there and it just yeah so it comes down to the point though where they do the intubation and this is so sad so Hudgens is there and they let Hudgens the intern do the intubation and he has literally never done an intubation before in his entire life as an intern in medical because medical school because of covid ended up being all online and they weren't letting the interns deal with patients back then so the guy has literally in the ed and never done an intubation poor guy oh my gosh yeah Yeah. couldn't imagine going through school during the pandemic like i'm sure that's just like yeah that's insane that's bananas yeah 
Um, Sorry, I'm grabbing this tweet. Um, Yeah. yeah. No, you're fine. Okay, tweet. There we go. Now we're just going to sit back and fingers crossed. Anyway, go on. Anyway, then we get this moment with Ethan. I don't think we should be doing this bronchoscopy. But you don't think we should be doing everything we can to keep him alive? Not if he doesn't want us to. So what? You catch a few juicy waves and all of a sudden you're preaching palliative care now? Maybe. When it's appropriate. This is an ED, Ethan. We save lives here. We don't end them, at least not on purpose. Maybe you should have stayed on that beach. I love this so much. This is character growth, people. I mean, yeah, Ethan has really come a long way over the last couple seasons, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I love that he's stuck to that. Like, now that you've seen you've seen his perspective shift, I love that he's like, hey, like, we need to understand where this guy is coming from. Like, bo- both of them, Ethan and Archer, in seasons past, we would have been like, you both suck. But this time, we're like, no, you know what? We understand both of you and how you tick, and we understand where both of you are coming from in this instance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's so good. So it's good. so good. Um, so it turns out the bronchoscope ends up working on the patient, and you know, they're just like, just like we should have done from the beginning. I mean, yeah, we knew that obviously that was the right call. Why can't doctors on this show just agree to disagree? Because then we wouldn't have TV. <laughs> like they always have to make like passive aggressive little jabs at each other. Yeah. Um, and then they end up trying to extubate him, but it, he's not ready. He's not ready. And that was like his number one fear. He kept telling Dr. Archer, I don't want to die on the vent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so basically the episode ends and it seems like Dr. Hudgens is going to be sticking around because Ethan has this moment where he's like, basically, I'm going to be your teacher. And he's like, welcome to boot camp. And he's like, I'm going to get you ready to be like an actual doctor. So I guess Hudgens is sticking around. I'm cool with it. The thing about it, this is like, and I did not care. There was nothing about, like, I get the whole point is like, you know, he's new, he's he's struggling, whatever. He's trying to find his way as a doctor. He's like very overwhelmed. But like, I just, I could have, I cared about the Ethan and Archer, especially the Archer stuff out of this. I did not care. I thought Hudgens was, I just did not care. I feel like Hudgens intro got overshadowed by Kai. And since Kai was such a dick, it like it, it made us not appreciate Hudgens as much and we didn't get a ton on Hudgens like we really didn't but I think a lot of us probably would have had a way more open mind had Kai not been on the other end of the hospital just like causing havoc I just I we have such a bad track record on this show with like intern residents like they just they always come for a couple episodes and then they leave for the most part mm-hmm. except for um what's Molly Bernard's character's name it starts with an E and I can't Elsa. picture. It, it was Elsa? It was Elsa. Okay, I thought I was making that up when I thought that two seconds ago. But, and then Terry. And then we know that Elsa stuck around for a while. But like, are you sure it was Elsa? I'm positive. I'm like having, I feel like that's not right. I'm positive it was Elsa. I'm, I'm like about to, right now. hold on. I mean, I couldn't tell you the character's last name, but I'm pretty sure it was Elsa. I'm, I'm like like a hundred percent it was elsa okay elsa curry i I just it sounds so weird saying it now but it anyway but elsa and terry like they were around for a hot second and then they just like disappeared like literally we don't know what happened to them and i just i have a feeling that this is gonna be one of those situations where like they stick around for a little bit and like we don't care and then they just disappear and we're like okay bye like i just i don't care like i don't care 
And we're at such a, we're at such a weird point with one Chicago right now where we're like, we feel like we've been burned. Right. Like, so we're just like, are we really gonna, like, no, you burned us too many times. We're not getting attached because then you're just going to snatch them out from under us. Well, and Ned already has so many characters. I mean, granted, I know we just lost Dylan, but like, there's so much happening already. I don't need, like, I just, I don't care. I don't need new residents. I just don't like, I just, that's not what I want. Now, on the flip side of that, I do want to take a second to shout out the actor who plays Dr. Hudgens. His name's Connor Patrick. He's on Instagram. Um, that's why I'm shouting out. I'm shouting him out is because I just followed him yesterday. And um, he's got his own podcast. He has his own podcast. It's called For- Poor Unfortunate Podcast. And it's him and a friend talking about Disney. I love it. I haven't had the chance to check it out yet, but like, yes, I'm in. Yes, just yes. Just yes. Right across the board, yes. So yeah, check that out if you get the chance. Just, you know how we do in this fandom. New people come in and we welcome them with open arms. Yeah, no, obviously nothing against them. It's just like, if we're talking about the characters, I I could care less. I'm sure the guy who plays Kai is a wonderful human. I'm sure. Yeah. But yeah, I just, yeah. But, and then the episode really ends and Archer basically goes back to the prison and tries again with his son. And- I I'm I love this I'm I'm like I guess now we've moved into Archer stands like who are we uh, yeah 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 this is like the 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 pro Archer era what are, what what did we enter this is a Stranger Things reference right did we enter the upside down isn't that a Stranger Things good job <laughs> thank you I'm but so like happy. seriously did we enter the upside down like what's happening but actually though but actually though i think because uh, we're, we're about to talk about crockett and kai i we should save every single bit of that we talk about with this kai guy and then like if he sticks around play it like two years from now when we're just like kai is so great oh my god he's just amazing like that's what we should do yeah it happens every single time but no, but like, I'm like, so here for this Archer storyline. I'm so here for the relationship with the son. Do you think uh, Sean's going to get out of prison? Yeah, I do. I do too. I think there's, there. I think, I yeah. And I could see it with like him coming, having to come with live with Archer. Because obviously they're not just going to release Sean like out into the wild. And Archer would be like, yeah, you can come stay with me. Like, I could just see it now. And I, I'm here for all of it. Yeah. It's just like we spent so long being like, give us some reason to like Archer. Like this guy sucks. And now that we finally got it, I'm like, no, I love Archer. <laughs> I'm like, who am I? I'm like, who am I? It's crazy. Really? It's crazy. What is season eight of Med? Dare I say that this Archer plot was the best part of this episode? It was a thousand percent. Who are we? wow (laughs) wow we just need to order the clown masks what are we waiting for i know why haven't we ordered the dolly masks at this point i'll just order them and make sure they arrive when you're here so that way like no but then i have to take it back on a plane and and i don't know if i'm gonna have room to take it back on a plane (laughs) the mask I know, but like I packed a tight suit. I, I'm just gonna order. It's gonna be your birthday slash Christmas gift. I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. We just and we need them anyway for our our Lockhouse and Papel fandom. So like we need it. We oh need yeah, it. it it's so it double serves purposes. So 
I know. I know. I know. I sent you the message the other night, but like you guys know, my soon to be husband and I are very big soccer fans and like a lot of supporters groups have been playing Bella Chow and he mentioned it the other night and literally I didn't even miss a beat. He's like, yeah, we were playing that song from that show. And I was like, you shouldn't even be able to sing it unless you've seen the show. Like, and you understand the reference. Exactly. I'm like gatekeeping it. I'm like, you haven't seen the show. You don't get to appreciate that song. Like, I love that song. Enter Bella Chow here. Like, talk to me when you have a nickname that is actually a city in the U.S. Yeah. Just saying. What city would you pick? This is a good question. What? Oh, my name? What would your money heist name be? Ooh, what would my money heist name be? Arlington? That's a terrible one. Arlington. I don't know. I don't know. What else would be? Chicago. Oh, you got the good one. Yeah, Chicago would be a good one. Yeah. Would yours be Dallas? I would. That's a little too on the nose, though, isn't it? Like, a little. Wilmington is not a good code name. Like, it's got a flow. Because I'm trying to think of, like, my favorite cities. That I don't know why. I'm ne- I mean, yeah, like, I, I've never even been to the West Coast. But, like, I don't know why Seattle just kept popping in my head. I, it's a good code name. Yeah. It, like, in terms of, like, that reference, like, I feel like Seattle's a great one. I'm, like, working my way, like, mentally up and down the coast. And I'm, like, Denver, that would be a good one. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, my babies. I know. Phoenix would make a good code name. Yeah, Phoenix would be great. Because, like, you have, obviously, like, the Phoenix symbol to go with it. That's badass. I have absolutely no ties to the city of Phoenix. It would just make a really good code name. Yeah. Hmm. There's another thread we should do is Money Heist in Chicago. I'm, like, writing this down. I'm, like, threads. Like, West Wing for Election Day. We do need... Now that just makes me want to go watch freaking money heist all over again have you watched the korean version no i haven't maybe i'll give that a shot i I don't know yet we digress okay crockett time crockett Crockett time time. first of all why doesn't this man pop up until act two yeah he was like gone for a little bit i was like are we not getting crockett and then all of a sudden he comes up with like a major character and i was like as a major character i was like okay that was weird that was weird So Goodwin comes into the ED and she delivers a completely pointless and very ill-timed speech about the supply shortage. Literally everybody's in the middle of the ED floor going about their day working to like treat patients and save their lives. I don't know, kind of a big deal. And Goodwin's like, hey, everybody gather around real fast. Like, let's just have this quick little meeting. Time and place time and place but she basically delivers this whole speech about the supply shortage and how they're running low on things and she's it's basically the gist of it is play nice in the sandbox everybody that's yeah basically the gist of well it. and also like you kind of just realize too like how horrifying you're like oh, this is so stupid like hospitals can't run without the basic supplies but like that's really what these places are going through in real life that's insane. Like, just not having some of these like basic supplies and it's like holy shit and you realize 
obviously it's something so basic as like some tubing, but like, that's, what's going to save someone's life. And like, we don't have it. And it's just like, holy shit. It's insane. Yeah. Like, and terrifying. Oh yeah. Completely. It's crazy. So enter Crockett and some new guy named Kai. Okay. The biggest asshole to ever walk the halls of Gaffney Medical. You guys, Kai's a resident. He's a resident, meaning like he- A first year resident. Where the hell is this guy coming? Like, where does he come off like talking to Crockett like that? Where does he come off talking to anyone like that? He is the fucking worst. You are the lowest on the totem pole. What the fuck are you doing? He is the fucking worst. He is going to get humbled real fast. And it's probably going to be by virtue of losing a patient. And that sucks. Yeah. If he even makes it around long enough to get humbled. If he's sticking around. Right. Right. Because I really, after this, I I mean, I get that he's kind of sticking around probably for a little bit, but like, I don't want it. No, no, exactly. And so it's one thing to be like, because they were like, they got a GSW victim, basically. They were going to transfer him over and Crockett went to say like on my count, but he beat him to it. That's one thing whatever but that and you could honestly mark that up to being like an overeager resident right like that that's not the end of the world that's like okay fine not Mm -hmm. a big deal Mm -hmm. but it's the next part that kills me is because crockett's calling the shots and kai isn't even asking questions to learn he's questioning crockett nobody questions crockett nobody why would you do that he's an idiot Here's the thing with this is that did Kai drive me up a fucking wall? Oh, a hundred percent. But I see exactly what they're trying to do with this by bringing this guy in as they are testing Crockett's patience. Crockett is a pretty even kill, like chill guy. He's got a little bit of an ego, but he brings it back when he needs to. And now we're going to, we're going to kind of push his buttons a little bit. I see exactly what they're trying to do. So as much as part of me wants to be like, dude, fuck this Kai guy. He's horrible. The other part of me is like, oh, fuck. That was smart. I see what they're doing. Yeah, but I think, I don't know. Like, I think there's one way to have characters push other characters' buttons without them being just, like, complete the worst characters I've ever seen. Like, I fucking hated Kai. There was no part about me that enjoyed this. Like, I think the thing that, like, yeah, we didn't necessarily like Pamela, Mm -hmm. but Pamela wasn't, like, I didn't mind. Like, the reason we didn't like Pamela is because she basically just wasn't Avery. That was really the reason we didn't like Pamela. But like Pamela and Crockett pushed each other's buttons in a way that like, yeah, it was sometimes annoying, but it wasn't this. Yeah, he's over the top. And like, this is just I just like don't much. understand. Oh, too much. I don't understand how a first year resident comes off being so arrogant. Honey, you are barely removed from med school. You know nothing. Literally nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Like, where the hell does he come off being so arrogant? It blows my mind. So they set this patient up for an angio and they need it with contrast, but the supply shortage rears its head. There's a shortage of contrast dye. Yep. Yeah. So what does Crockett do? Crockett pulls a Connor Rhodes and tries to take it from Will and Hannah. Oh, this was great. Sir. Sir. Crockett. So... They basically have this like meeting of the minds in Goodwin's office and, you know, it goes exactly how you expect it to, but it's like Goodwin and then it's like Kai and Crockett and then Will, Hannah, Dr. Charles and Dr. Abrams. And 
again, thank God for Dr. Abrams. Cause like Kai speaks up at one point and <laughs> Abrams is like, I'm sorry, who are you? It's the best. It's really honestly, maybe one of Abrams best scenes. Like I just, I loved everything about this on I the Abrams him. side. It was I so Abrams great. So much. Like I love him so much. <laughs> Cause then yeah, Kai tries to like introduce himself in like a very, you know, confident way. He's like, Oh, Kai Tanaka Reed, first year resident. Nice to meet you. And like extends his hand. And Abrams and- is like, are you talking to me? Like <laughs> basically, like who all the fuck are you he goes you're an intern learn to speak when spoken to <laughs> i died now there have been there have been times in the past that abrams has like he, i think he said that to a couple of people before where like he looked at one resident a couple seasons ago and said why are you talking and i was like you back the fuck up but this one was pretty funny this one was hilarious yeah put him in his place i feel like we just need like a calendar or something of like abram's best quotes oh god we really do and i don't know what that product looks like but like something with all of his best quotes why haven't we made him a regular like would too much of him be a bad thing i think too much of him not necessarily that it would be a bad thing but i don't know if we appreciate it as much if we get it all the time like i think we really appreciate it because we get it in like i wouldn't say small doses but we get it in like less you know consistent doses (laughs) he's so funny it's so good though oh my gosh yeah so goodwin ends up going with will and hannah's patient and kai of course is just like that sucks and crockett's like bro it is what it is like stop set up the or like it'll be fine calm down talking yeah so crockett goes down to do the angio here's my question though crockett came down to do it but with what dye how are you going to do it without the contrast dye? I don't know. He was going to figure out something. Well, Kai has taken it upon himself to go into some other room and do the angio with CO2. My favorite thing is Crockett comes down and he's like, where the fuck's my patient? Like, he's like, where the fuck did he go? Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, I figured, or I found a workaround. We're going to do this with CO2. And Crockett's like, hey, oh, fuck, dipshit, dipshit. That's 10 times as dangerous. Like, what the fuck are you doing? So he's like, well, we're putting it into this system and it's not even going to touch the diaphragm. So we don't have to worry about that. Kai literally mansplains to another man. Basically. Basically. He, is there a version of like age splains, like where someone younger explains to someone older or like older explains to someone younger? Cause I feel like that's more accurate to what went on. Ooh, is there a term for that? But you understand what I'm saying, right? Because that's yeah, basically yeah. what the like younger teaching the older or trying to explain to the older generation. But like, I don't know if there's a term for that. It, it's like he okay boomered Crockett without saying it. Pretty much. Jeez. <gasps> wow. Because then, yeah, he's like, well, we're ingesting it into this system and it's not going to affect the diaphragm. So we don't have to worry about that. And like clockwork, all the machines start going crazy. Mm-hmm. Because guess what? Kyle almost killed the patient. It's good thing Crockett was there to save the day. Fucking Kai. Fucking Kai, man. I know. I know. Crockett saves the day, thankfully. But like as after after the problem like dissolves and everything, Crockett takes off his gloves or whatever and he just goes, oh man. Look, he's never said that before, but we only need to hear it once to know that that's Crockett for you fucked up. Mm-hmm. You really fucked up. Yep. And so he like, you know, Kai is just like trying to talk to him and he's just like, well, Crockett, why could that have happened? Once again, you are a first year resident. What the fuck are you doing? Referring to your attending by his first name. 
Yep. I have teachers who taught me in middle school who I still call by Mr. or Mrs. and then their name. Oh, yeah. It's just like habit at this. No. Yeah. My middle school choir teacher, we're Facebook friends, and she'll comment every now and then. And I will always say, thank you, Miss Young. And she'll say, you know, it's Mandy now. I'm like, no, it's not. Oh, yeah. I always like all my teachers that I'm friends with on Facebook or whatever. I'm always like, thank you. You know, Miss Vasquez. Thank you, Miss. Like, I'm just like, always. It will never be anything different. No, never. Pretty much as a sign of respect. I mean, like what, where does Kai come off being like Crockett this, Crockett that? I wouldn't be surprised if he's like a legacy and he has a family member like on the board or something it wouldn't surprise me if we find that out eventually either yeah yeah but then Crockett turns around he goes but it's Dr. Marcel you mic drop really mic drop right you really had to piss him off to get him to say that yep Crockett's a pretty even kill dude like you really have to fuck up bad to piss him Mm -hmm. off jeez insane so they finally get him into surgery they open it up open him up and it turns out that when he got shot the bullet went through both the vein and artery and fused them together science mm-hmm. science and instead of being humble and being like wow dr marcel that's insane like i really stepped out of line he just goes well nobody could have foreseen that yeah mac Yeah. So then the patient recovers because Crockett does Crockett things and just, Kai, just stop. So is this how it's going to be? Oh, what's going to be? You taking credit for everything. I was just as responsible as you for saving that guy's life. Maybe more so. Really? After that stunt you pulled? That stunt pointed us directly to the problem and saved his leg. All day long you've been talking down to me. I was right about the bullet holes. You never gave me props for that. And then you left to me to duke it out with Abrams over the contrast die. You can't be serious right now. All I'm asking for is credit where credit's due. It's not that big a deal. You're right. I should have given you credit. I was very impressed with the way you nearly killed our patient. All day long you've been talking down to me. Yes, because you're a first-year resident. I can't. I can't. Who? I I can't. Know your place and stay in your lane. Mm-hmm. In all positions. I mean, like, it's one thing to be like a baby attorney and be like, you know, fucking around and referring to your like senior partner as by their first name, which you would do anyway in, in law. But like in medicine, where you could literally kill somebody. Yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing? So then at the very end of the episode, Goodwin is like. Dr. Marcel, turns out your new resident filed a complaint with HR, because of course. And even Goodwin is like, he must have done something really bad to piss you off. Like, she knows it too. So she's like, do you want to file a counter complaint? And he just goes, no, I'm sure Dr. Tanaka Reed and I will find some common ground going forward. So we're getting more of this pairing is basically where we're at. But like... I guess Crockett sees something in him and just has to kind of like refine it. Well, he better. I don't know what he sees because I certainly don't see it. Right, right, right. But again, this is another Archer situation where, you know, two seasons from now, if he sticks around. No, Gina, no, we can't. No, no, we are not putting up with this shit for two years. (laughs) No, 
maybe no. by the end of the season. Archer almost killed us. And I'm glad we're finally made it past it because like we needed it. But like I can't do this with another character. I, I know. Um, emotionally, this franchise has us absolutely spent right now. The whole franchise, not just Matt. I get it. I get it. Like, no, no. Because, okay, think about it too. So we have these two new, well, we have the two uh, Hudgens and uh, Kai, but mm-hmm. then you also have Nellie and you yeah. also have the um, like billionaire dude or whatever that we haven't met yet. Yeah. So like, that's four new characters. It's a lot. I don't want it. Right. That's too much. When you already have a big cast of characters and everything else going on, like, why? That's like a lot. I Met is already a lot. Like, there's just so much to wrap your head around every week, which is fine. I mean, that's fine. But like, no. It really was a very frustrating night in Chicago. It really just, was. I just, I, I'm not looking forward to this. I'm not saying I'll never get on board because never say never. I mean, we, we're here now with Archer, but like, but you know, does this mean we need Archer merch? By the way, going back to Archer. What would we? Uh, what I don't know, we- but like started from the bottom. Now we're here. I mean, that's how I feel <laughs> about it. <laughs> I don't Team Archer even, stand for like, I don't know. But like, do we, do we need an Archer jersey? Would people buy that? I don't know. Guys, would you buy an Archer jersey? Are you guys on Team Archer now? Like, I need to know. And if you are, please give us your merch ideas because I'm drawing a blank right now. I just feel like it was so funny because for the longest time when we hated Archer, I was like, do I have to add him to the squad girl shirt? Like, do I have to? And you were like, yeah, we do. And He's I was part like, of the squad. I was like, oh, but I don't want to. And now I'm like, I'm glad he's on the squad girl shirt. How much did you warm up to him after you interviewed Steven? Oh, yeah. I mean, Steven's a gem. Like, I'm already I'm like, I want not maybe not right now, but like, I would love once we kind of see where the Sean and, you know, Archer stuff goes like I would love to have him back on that would be such a good interview because knowing the two of us we'd probably get wrapped up in like past projects he's done and just be chatting about that the whole time yeah he's great he's an actor who I'm like how did you not end up on West Wing yeah I was literally just thinking about that yeah yeah we should do a bonus episode of West Wing oh my god yes oh my god for elections yes although we need, may need to do it early because you're going to be gone, but like still. Oh, I am going to be gone. You are correct. But anyway, we'll figure that out. But we'll like, I'm writing, I'm writing all our ideas down. Should cause... we do Hartsfield's Landing? Oh. Ooh. Or we'll discuss. We'll discuss. Better episode we should do. Or we could just do multiple. I will never say no to watching The West Wing. We'll discuss. We'll discuss. <laughs> One Chicago character most likely to watch The West Wing. Go. One Chicago character? Uh-huh. You put me on the spot. I mean, Dr. Charles, obviously, aside. Um, Pretty meta. <laughs> well, that, yeah, that's the point. Uh, I could see Burzik getting into it. Really? Uh-huh, I could. I could see, like, maybe Kim was watching it, and then, like, Adam comes home, and he's like, what are you watching? And then he sits with her, and it's like, this show's pretty good. No, Mouch. Yes. Mouch. Mouch yes. is definitely a one a West Wing fan. And then like Trudy probably sees him watching it and then like can't get the name right. So she walks in and she's like, Are you watching that like East Side show again? <laughs> yeah, no. West and Wing Trudy. 
Brett, for sure. Brett and Mouch definitely finished their paramedicine shifts by watching the West Wing. Mm -hmm. Like, for sure. Brett absolutely loves Sam. Mm -hmm. And whose mouth? She was definitely, Brett was also definitely an early Donna and Josh shipper, for sure. Thousand percent. But so was Mouch, though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But like, they were totally on like Team Donna and Josh, like from the early, you know, early stuff. They totally watched season seven, like separately and then like texted each other. So like when Donna and Josh finally got together, like Brett finally sent like a mouch on all caps text and was like, oh my God. And Mouch is like, I'm not there yet. Don't ruin it. Don't spoil it. (laughs) Oh my God. And then she definitely sent the text of just like Leo with the cry face. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. we've it's definitely Mouch and Brett as like the number one West Wing stands in with Chicago. And then like they try to tell Gallo and Ritter and be like, this show is so amazing. It's so good. And Gallo and Ritter are like, but it's like old. Right. And then you know who they do get into it is Herman. Herman's like, yeah, you know what? This is not bad. <laughs> it's a little political for my taste, but like, it's not bad. I love it so much. Oh my oh, gosh. Man. Do you think Voight watches TV at all? What TV show does Voight watch? <laughs> I had something. <laughs> I had something. And I think you know what I was thinking. Do I? I'm going to text to you. You can't even say it. Well, I don't know if I can get away with saying it. Hang on. Okay. Hang on. I'm going to text you. I don't know if I can get away with this. uh you can't say that i can't say that accurate but you can't say that the answer is not porn get your minds out of the gutter (laughs) (laughs) minds out of the gutter oh man maybe he watches like cops like old episodes of cops maybe and that's it (laughs) i don't know i don't even know anymore oh that was a fun little segue that that was yeah fun. but we will it's gonna have our west wing bonus episode patrons is definitely coming your way i'm telling you that i'm designating that show as my new comfort show what the west wing yeah That's it's over so it can't good. hurt me anymore it's so good i think josh lyman is my comfort character i need to do like i was talking about it i was wearing my um bartlett for america sweatshirt the other day and I was having this conversation with my dad. I was just like, I need to do a rewatch of that show. It's my go-to when I can't sleep. It's so good. It's just so comforting. Like, it's so good. Makes me want to, I just want to go watch it now. Like, oh, I love that show so much. I watched the, uh, the, the read on one from 2022. I like, I, I went back and watched I have that. never re- gone back and rewatched that either. And I know it's so good. It's so good. It is so good. It's just fun like to revisit and then like to see Dulé Hill as like a full-grown adult when he a was full ass adult see. yeah yeah and like the whole thing with the fishbowl and how he pranked CJ like no big deal the tiny little intern is pranking the press secretary oh god the best show we digress that was a fun little segue though mm-hmm. last up on med Maggie and Ben and Grant and wow what a mess what are we doing I don't know what are we doing? I have no idea. I wish I knew because this is getting crazy. What are we doing? <laughs> They're married. Go ahead. 
So basically this all starts and Grant brings in one of his coworkers who had an accident on the site. And he just kind of assumes he's like, you can get me in. Right. And like, I have to say, like, as the daughter of a doctor, I will say it's definitely something I've done is like take advantage of my dad's connections to like make things happen. Like it, it just happens like any like. Especially in, like, a smaller town, like, when doctors all know each other and whatever, and my dad was a doctor here for 35 years. Like, it just happens, mm-hmm. and I've definitely taken advantage of that, but I would never just, like, show up and assume. I would always ask and, like, you know, call in a favor without, like, I wouldn't just, like, show up and assume that I can, like, make something happen. Yeah, I think that's what irks me about this, is that Grant just assumes that she's going to let him cut the line. Yeah. Like, it's not one thing where it's like, hey, Maggie, like, I've got this, you know, coworker. He's really injured. Like, is there any way you think you can get a man? We would greatly appreciate, you know, whatever. Like, there's no asking. It's just like, you can do this for me, right? I'm really starting to dislike Grant. Yeah. I don't think. And I think the thing about Grant, though, is he doesn't have bad. I don't think he has bad intentions. I don't think he's sitting there being like you know what, I'm going to bake up Maggie and Ben's marriage. Like, I don't think that is his intention. I just think he comes about everything the wrong way. Right, but also take a hint. Every time you go to Maggie, she shuts down. Right. She doesn't want to talk to you. Take the hint. Yeah, for sure. But I don't think he's sitting here being like, you know what, I'm plotting to break up Maggie's marriage. Like, I don't think Grant is like the worst human ever and like, plant, you know, plotting to do that. But no, yeah. but I do get the vibe that they obviously were high school sweethearts. I get the vibe that like, there's him- shit that happened there. I mean, beyond the fact that their families clearly did not want them to be together and not want them to have a baby in high school. Mm-hmm. There's some other shit that went down there. Oh, big time. And we just don't know what it is. I get the vibe that for him, she's the one who got away. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think maybe even up until Ben, Maggie probably thought he was the one that got away. Yeah. Which is why all these conflicting feelings exist. But anyway, so Vanessa comes over and Vanessa's like, yeah, you know, I'll got you, Grant. Like, I got you. And then all of a sudden, like, the guy that Grant brought in is, like, asking Vanessa if she's qualified to do it. Like, who the fuck are you, dude? This is the girl who's going to help you out. And, like, you're questioning her abilities as a doctor? Like... I don't care if she looks young. She's she's qualified. Get over yeah. it. Well, and that's what Grant says. Grant's like, she graduated at the top of her class. Like, she's hella smart. Like, she's got this. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's the only good Grant moment. I'm like, Grant, I can accept you in this one moment. You shouldn't have even had to say it, though. Yeah, for sure. Oh, for sure. I get that quite a bit professionally where I hate that. And people will question it. And I'll be like, you called me. Do you want what I know? Or do you not want what I know? Like, I can, yeah. I don't have to tell you. Yeah. Mm. So basically later on the guy's gonna be fine nothing major he got really lucky that it like missed basically every major part of his eye and he's gonna be fine so grant and vanessa end up basically trying to pressure maggie into joining them for lunch and she finally is like okay fine like in an hour i got you in an hour but then luckily ben comes into the picture and saves the day he still exists i know i don't think we saw him at all last season. Maybe I don't think so either. Maybe once, but I don't think we saw him at all last season. He's looking good, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good to see him. So he basically, he had an appointment she forgot about. She's like, oh, yeah. Like, because she's like, first, she's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, I had an appointment. And she's like, oh, yeah. And how convenient. He's like, do you want to get lunch? And she's like, that would be great. 
because she sees, you know, Vanessa and Grant like sitting at a table. And so she basically takes Ben outside to the food truck. So she's like trying to avoid all of that. But Vanessa sees them like walk away and it's like, oh no, this is awkward. Like, this is awkward. But the reason we find out, so like Vanessa basically kind of confronts Maggie about it later on. And the reason she's like, you basically just like were avoiding us. And she's like, yeah, I was because I haven't told Ben about Grant yet. And I'm like, girl, what are you doing? It's been like a month now. Like she even makes a comment about like, it's been like a month, month and a half or whatever since he came back into the picture. Like, girl. And like, if she had just told him right off the bat, it would not have been a problem. No. It's a lie and even omission. if she said from the beginning, she's like, I'm not sure how I feel about this, but this is what Vanessa, like, there's so many ways she could have handled it, even if she was still feeling conflicting feelings about it. But like, the first step into like making it okay is like being honest about it. Mm-hmm. And she did not do that at all. Cause she's just like, it's something I have to deal with. And it's like, honey, yeah, that's you your do. Husband. When like, yeah, you do, but you should have done it a month ago. But it's, it's not just something you have to deal with. It's not just like, Oh, some real pain in the ass obligation. That's your husband. Like you yeah. should have been honest with him from the get go. Yeah. And if you had come to him right, right from the get-go and been like, hey, here's what's going on. Grant's in the picture. Like, just lay it out there. Right. It's not when just I wonder, do bullshit. You, do you think, because I don't really remember at this point, like, what, does Ben, I mean, I guess, how much did Ben know about, like, Vanessa and that whole, like, back when Maggie gave her up? I mean, he knows about Vanessa, but he, right. uh, like, but like, I'm trying to remember back when we first learned about Vanessa and whatever, did Ben know, or did Maggie end up telling Ben? I mean, I guess obviously she did eventually tell Ben, but it's just like, I don't remember when, what the timing on that was. I don't think Ben knew off the bat, but she did end up telling him and that's understandable, right? Like you had a teenage pregnancy, you were forced to give the baby up. That's traumatic, understandable that you wouldn't want to just like share that information right off the bat but you're past that now yeah and if vanessa and you are in a good place and you're and she's asking about the biological dad and you chose to put them in touch that's something you tell your partner mm-hmm. but anyway so towards the end of the episode vanessa's going over aftercare stuff with keith the guy that got hurt and Grant goes back over to Maggie and is like, you know, thank you for getting this in. Like, I really appreciate it, whatever. But it's just like, dude, you've already said that 20 million times. Like, just stop. Just stop. Take a hint. She clams up every time you come around her. She does not want that. Well, and so she sees out of the corner of her eye, like Ben coming off the elevator. And so Vanessa, because now Vanessa knows the tension between the whole thing, like Vanessa handles it like a champ. She gets Grant out the door just in enough time, like, as Ben comes over and it, like, works like a charm. But it's, like, we shouldn't be having to do this. Mm-mm. Like, we shouldn't be playing these games. What, what are we doing? What are we doing? This is a married couple you're playing triangle with. Yep. And basically, at the end of the episode, we see Maggie finally come clean to Ben. Ben... I need to tell you something. I know, I know. You don't really want to go bowling. No. I can tell you were a little lukewarm. No, it's not about that. About a month or so ago, I helped Vanessa with finding and reaching out to her biological father. His name is Grant Young, 
and he's an architect in town. Okay. I didn't want to tell you about it earlier because I didn't know you were going to take it. I'm just wondering why you're telling me this now. Because he came in as a patient today. Not as a patient, it was one of his employees. So he was here and you didn't mention that? Listen, I made it very clear to Grant that I am not interested in reconnecting with him in any way, shape, or form. Ben. You felt the need to tell him that. No, I didn't want there to be any confusion. And it's going good between him and Vanessa. She seems happy. Glad to hear it. Yeah, that went about as well as I expected it to. Yeah, it this is a complete utter shit show. But like, like we've been saying this whole, what are we doing? Like what? Nobody wants a love triangle between a married couple. We don't want it. We don't want it. But I think based on how Maggie acted in this episode, even after Ben stormed off, she didn't go after him. I think based on some of her mannerisms, it's begging the question, does she still love Grant? I think she's got, I don't know. If she, I, I wouldn't know. I don't know if I'd say love, but I think she's clearly got some unresolved feelings for him for sure. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, is that worth ruining your marriage over? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I really hope she's not questioning her marriage to Ben and just wondering if it was like a trauma bond. I really hope that she's not questioning. Oh God, I hope not. Ben doesn't deserve that. No. Maggie doesn't deserve that. No, we don't deserve this storyline. This is not what we wanted. Mm -hmm. Not what we wanted. It's, yeah, it's really messy. Mm Mm-hmm. If you're going to make me choose between Ben and Grant, I'm choosing Ben every single fucking time. Oh, always. Always. And I think, and I'm not to say, like, I think they could have handled, if they wanted us to make, wanted to make us like Grant, I think they could have handled his introduction differently. And I think there's definitely a world where we could have liked Grant a lot. Mm -hmm. And that, like, he and Maggie could have found their way to being friends again and, you know, being these weird biological parents and like friends, whatever to Vanessa. Like, I think there's a world where that exists, but this is not it. He seems just really douchey to me. I I don't even know if douchey is the right word. I just feel like he's like over eager about everything and trying to come off too hard. And it's just like, that's not dude, read the room. Mm -hmm. And I just like said, I think there is a world where we could have been on team grant not as like a love interest for Maggie, but like on team grant, you know, them having like this, like kind of found family again, you know, situation, but that's not what we're getting. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. Crazy times. Yeah. But that's med y'all. That's med and scene. What a time. Just a very chaotic, not very pleasant kind of episode. Yeah, it was just eh. It was eh. yeah, it's just eh. But the Archer stuff was great. Yeah, that was that was a ten out of ten. That was yes, indeed, yes, indeed. <laughs> All Again, right. who knew we were let's, gonna be team Archer? Let's move it into fire. Let's do this. Oh, oh man, oh man, oh man. It was like the best of times and the worst of times at the same time. Um, you really thought it was that bad? I 
in the moment, I didn't like it. Looking back at it now, I'm like, okay, Gina, you were just like super emotional and super amped. And like, it wasn't that bad. Wasn't that bad. No, I, like I said, I just wasn't feeling good last night. So none of them really hit for me last night. I was like, uh, this is not, I'm not in the mood for this. But like, when I rewatched it this morning, I was like, you know, this like, this is actually pretty good. Like, I did not think this was bad at all. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Gallo got the first scene, so we're running with it. Okay. And he got an unexpected first scene. Unexpected first scene. That was not what I thought was going to happen. Same, same. So the episode starts with Gallo having sexy time with a girl that we don't know. Yeah. All right. No idea who she is. Live your life, dude. Live your life. You are moving on from Hakami, and I am proud of you. Live your life. Yeah, I mean, not that I'm mad at it, but, like, it was just, like, who the fuck is this girl? Like, where did he find her? Yeah, yeah. So, at the firehouse, Gallo finds Ritter, and he sits down next to him, and he's like, so, whatever happened with that one guy? And Ritter's like, that was, like, a month ago, and he's like, you can stop what you're doing. Every time you want to talk about your love life, you segue by talking about mine. Just, like. I feel like we all have those friends. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it does not surprise me that that person is Gallo in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. So he mentions, he's like, uh, I met this girl the other night and it was really fun, but like, there's nothing serious there. And Ritter's like, okay, then just like keep it casual and have a fling, which like, yes, I I support that. There's nothing wrong sometimes with having casual flings. Have fun. As long as you were open and honest about that, that is what it is. Yeah. There is nothing wrong with it. So then Gallo comes out with this and he goes, the problem, Ritter, is that women fall in love with me and it can get complicated. Egotistical much? <laughs> oh, honey. Oh, honey. Um, the comeback I had for that, which I believe I tweeted, he's like, women can fall in love with me and then it gets complicated. And then I think I literally tweeted in response, yeah, until Chief Hawkins comes around. I mean. Boom goes the dynamite. You're not wrong. No, I love Gallo. He's such a little cinnamon roll, but like just some of the, like, and some of the ego is really cute. And then other parts of it, I'm just like, stop, stop. Yeah. That was, yeah. Women fall in love with me. It's like Gallo. Calm down. So yeah. yeah, And then Ritter's like, whether or not you admit it, you need a distraction from this Violet and Hawkins thing. So like, go call her up and have some fun. Mm -hmm. So funny. So then Gallo's like cleaning up his apartment because she's coming over, the girl's coming over again and they have more sexy time, which again, live your life, do your thing, have some fun. You deserve it. And you're young, do it. So at the end at Molly's, Herman mentions that his niece is coming by because she's been kind of getting in trouble and he's giving her a job at Molly's. The minute he said my niece, I was like, oh my God, it's her. Yeah. And it was. And it's it was so good. It's such a good twist that I was like, I was not what I thought was going to happen. Herman is going to kill him. And it's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. Oh, it's like gonna be amazing. Herman's going to get so angry and it's going to be so funny. And I actually really hope he hatches, catches them like hooking up in the back room or something. Oh my God. I need it to happen. Herman's going to blow a gasket. I need it to happen. Oh, so funny. It's funny. And hey, I mean, he's being the bigger person. He's trying to move on and like, good for him. Have some fun. But also Herman's going to kill you. And it's going to be amazing. It's going to be so funny. It's going to be so funny. Yeah. So 
that's Gallo. Javi and Cruz, we also got a lot of good stuff. I freaking love the storyline. This was was so so good. It was so cute. Take it away. So basically, Javi has a few days off from school. So basically, he's going to be hanging out at the firehouse, you know, for a few shifts. And so they get back from the power line call. Oh, basically, they're going to treat Javi like a little candidate, which is like so cute. The candidate shirt. He rolls up in the candidate shirt. It's so cute. It's so cute. And so they get back from the power line call, which like more on that later. And Javi's just so cute. He's like, I've been told I can't sit at the squad table until I make a squad. And I'm just like. They're all just like, that's correct. Yeah. Like, uh, duh. Like, no, you cannot sit with us. <laughs> you, you eight year old or however old Javi is, cannot sit with us. Mm-hmm. A bunch of grown ass men. Like, no, 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 no. No. I love that they treated him like a legit candidate. They didn't break character at any point. They like he was a legitimate. But candidate. it was like they treated him like a candidate, but also like they were also the best uncles ever. Like it's yeah, just yeah. like it was so cute. I love so everything good. about it. Um, I also really love the fact that like Javi was so interested in all things fifty eight one. Like it was just so cool. So um, sweet. Also, LOL, like Gallo's dramatic version of what happened at the power line call. Yeah, it was hysterical it was so cute and okay gallo so in the while he's like retelling the story about like what happened on this call gallo refers to severide as superman and i feel like this needs discussion because we refer to him as an avenger Se- gallo refers to him as superman and i guess we just need to know for sure which obviously i know where you fall like marvel dc i mean i i'm still gonna go with avenger but like kelly severide is a marvel superhero let's settle that right here and right now yes no no our one chicago friends do not go dc we don't talk no. about that. no 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 it, it's definitely an avenger gallo just had it wrong it's fine when he said superman i was like oh, you would be a dc fan gallo like you freaking would. <laughs> well, if Hawkins is Marvel, then I mean, obviously Jimmy is Marvel. So Gallo probably thought the extended cut of Justice League was good. <laughs> I mean, yeah. He probably thought Batman versus Superman was good too. Mm-mm-mm. Gallo would like. But as soon as I heard that and he used Superman, I was like, come on. Come on now. Incorrect. <laughs> yeah. So Cruz walks after like their first shift, Cruz walks Javi out of shift and Javi is just like enamored with all things Severide, which I mean like same dude, same, same. Yeah. And he's just like, Severide is so cool. And Cruz is like, yeah, he gets that a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Javi comes back in a shift. And again, he thinks it's so cool that Severide rolls up in the Mustang. And I love that Severide's like, hey, candidate, like, come get my bag out of my car. And I'm just like, dude, like, he's not a real candidate. The dude's like, the kid's like eight. Like, Javi basically looks at Sev the same way all of us do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Hard eyes. When, like, Herman and Cruz are watching Javi go get the bag out of Severide's car. And Herman's like, yeah basically the same things happen with my kids and he's just like you can't compete with severide nobody can and i i i really wanted them to make a godfather reference like this was the perfect time to be like yeah, yeah what like and yeah my youngest or whatever is you know severides his godfather you know like i just i needed that reference and nobody made it missed opportunity a real missed opportunity because we never get Herman talking about like Severide and his kids and like you finally get us that close and like it doesn't happen. Does Herman even remember that Severide is his youngest godfather? Probably not. Let's be real. Probably <laughs> That's not. an Eigenberg question. Probably not. 
Yeah. So later on, Squad has Javi like run some dummy drills. And he asked, like, who holds the record time? And they're like, you know, it's Severide. Like, not only at 51, but also, like, the Academy for the last 18 years. And I'm just like, obviously, it'd be Severide holding the record. Like, obviously. Duh. And, like, Severide, I mean, Severide is Severide. And he can kind of read that, like, not that Cruz is upset by, like, Javi's praise of Severide. But, like, that he also is, like, slightly a little bothered by it. And so Severide tells Javi this story about how Cruz actually saved Severide's life once upon a time, and we're just going to play this. Want to hear something better than academy training? Yeah, I do. All right, well, a few years back, the squad goes on a house fire call, and I'm right near a chimney when the whole thing falls right down on top of me. Uh, you know, fire's moving in, can't move. Underneath a pile of bricks. Just when I think things can't get any worse, the floor starts to fail. Joe's there, but our captain on scene wanted everyone to leave. It's too dangerous. Save yourself, he said. You know what Joe Cruz did? He didn't leave. He went out and he found a big piece of wood and he used it to lever the chimney in order for me to get out, all by himself. So I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Joe Cruz. That's the truth. Same. He caught me when I fell out a window. I remember. Joe's my hero. I actually don't remember Joe being the one to save him from the chimney. I don't even remember. I was going to ask, did this call happen? The chimney. You don't remember the chimney falling on Sev? Oh, Jesus Christ. There's so many calls. I There's so many things. I can't. Yeah. And then like Stella comes in and she's like, are you okay? And he's like, I'm fine. And she's like, no, you're not. You have a chimney on you. I do remember that now. I do remember that. I love the like reciprocity of this moment because he says he's like, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for Joe Cruz. Well, cut to the season 10 premiere and Cruz wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Severide. Yeah. Brothers. But I was also, I was like crying because, you know, by the end, and Javi's just like, Joe's my hero. And I was like, oh my God. How have they not adopted this child yet? I seriously need him to officially become Javi Cruz. Yeah. Need it. I mean, he's been with them for like six months now, right? It's been a long time. Has it been that long? It's been a long time. Fire worlds, man. I don't even time flies. I know. Um, but yeah, I just that was just such a cute little storyline. I love seeing Javi back. Like that was just I love everything about mm-hmm. that. So good. Um, we did have one little listener thought on it. Um, Devin e said Javi's the cutest part of this episode. It's true that Severide is truly an anomaly to look up to, but Joe Cruz is pretty awesome too. And I could oh, not agree more. Right. I mean, but like, you can't blame, it's Severide, right? Like, yeah. I wonder if they still whisper his name on the PD set. You remember that? Severide. Severide. Oh, so funny. So good. More Javi, please. More Javi. I hope we get to see him again soon because um, I need that. And also I saw that. I think it was Daniel when Daniel photo dumped the other day in one of the photos, it was Daniel, Hanako and Kristen. And I'm like, is Kristen back in Chicago? Does that mean Kristen's been in Chicago recently? Because like, I need more Chloe in my life. 
Yeah, I always need more Chloe. Always. Oh, love her. Love her. So good. So hopefully we'll get Chloe too soon. Soon. And like the squad guys usually are men a few words. They don't usually say anything. And so for them to just adopt Javi was just the cutest. Well, it was just so funny. Yeah, like we had a lot of like Tony lines and cap lines. It was just, I love, like I said, they're just the best uncles. Mm -hmm. It's so cute. Also just Severide with kids. I just... I need it. I, I've like almost forgotten how wonderful that is because he's been playing Fire Cop and not that I'm complaining. I mean, a Severide with kids. I need it in my life. Fire Cop Severide is one of my favorite kinds of Severide. Yeah. But Severide with kids is a close second. Yeah. yeah. So moving into Brett and Mouch and paramedicine, that's back. It's back. I'm glad. I, I really do enjoy the paramedicine stuff and I hope we get to see more of it because I yeah. really enjoyed this. Yeah. So Brett starts her shift by contemplating whether to take down the pictures of she and Matt in her locker. Oof. Also, that picture was definitely from the wedding. So she literally just had to have like put it up like two, three weeks ago at this point. I it's so sad. I know it's so sad. And so she looks at the pictures and she shuts the locker. She's not gonna take them out yet. But she's also not gonna tell anybody that they broke up. No. That's not a good idea, but okay. So Mouch comes in and she's like, hey, I added a bunch of check-ins to the paramedicine schedule. And so he's like, um, okay. He's a little overwhelmed, but then they kind of, he's like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to kind of go with it. I didn't realize that they basically have their two day shift at the firehouse and then they do paramedicine on the one day off. Vice versa shifts are one day and they get two days off. That's what I meant. 24 on 48 off. So yes. At least Bryna remembers. I don't. Um, <laughs> but yes, they do runner. do it on their days off in between shifts. Yes, correct. I thought they had like some okay to like do it on while they're on shift. Mm-mm. No, it's like all free time. When did they sleep? I mean, they still sleep. They don't. It's not like they're working like 24 hour paramedicine shifts. It's almost like they treat paramedicine like a nine to five. Are they getting paid extra for paramedicine? That is a great question. I don't know. Or is it volunteer? It can't be volunteer. Chief Hawkins, we have a question. <laughs> yeah. Huh. That is a great question. Because if it's volunteer like that, wow. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. Huh. Questions. Yeah. So Brett and Mouch go to see one of their patients. His name is Warren. And they're worried about him not taking his medicine. And Brett just mentions, she's like, hey, next visit, like, I'd love to chat with your sister. Just make sure we're still on par with your medicine and everything. So Brett mentions to Mouch that she wants to add another visit on their next shift. She's also like, hey, I made sandwiches so we can just keep going. And Mouch is like, but lunchtime. Yeah, yeah. Those pesky emotions and trying to avoid them thing oh so mouse is like okay that's almost gonna like double our day though and she's just like oh my god i'm really sorry and she finally tells him about the breakup and it's yeah. really sweet because he's like i'm just worried about you like don't worry about my day like i just i'm okay. okay like how are you yeah yeah oh so sweet and so mouse is like you know what we're gonna keep the schedule as long as you need to like you nurse that broken heart you do your thing like that's fine yeah. I really love the Brett and Mouch pairing. Like it's such an underrated, like genuine good friendship. Like I love them. 
And Brett does, or not Brett, Mouch does such a good job of communicating with the younger generation. Like mm-hmm. sometimes they'll rip him for like the age gap, but for the most part, he does a really good job interacting and relating and teaching them at the same time. Yeah, for sure. And then you have moments though, like when he tried to film the end season nine, like right when Violet joins the firehouse and he's trying to film the um like pipe bag or the why can't the bagpipes the bagpipes i was like pipe bags that's not the right word bagpipes and he's like how does one tick tock and you're just like mouch like (laughs) no call back to the bagpipes in this one yes mouch is now like involved i mean good for him yeah hell yeah but also like i i need more content of mouch with the bagpipes dreams need lockers too joe (laughs) yes please Yes, please. Um, let Javi just like come across them one day and be like, what the, the fuck is it? Yeah. I want it. Need it. So Brett and Mouch go back to visit Warren, but Mouch gets a call from Trudy. And it's one of those like domestic, like being married calls where she's like, where is this? And he's like, check under the sink. No, <laughs> not that sink. The other sink. Like, that's literally what this whole conversation is. They're so cute, though, because, like, when he sees it's her, he's like, hi, my love. Like, oh. Oh, my God. And this background picture, like, the selfie of them that pops up. It's so cute. It's so cute. Do you ever just, like, stop and look at Plouch and be like, he really is married to to Trudy? Like, yeah. Wow. It's so good. Because they couldn't be more opposite. Oh, no. God, no. It's a beautiful thing. Honestly, though, it's, like, one of those things where I... And regardless of, I, I don't think I stop and sit and think about like them being a couple as much. And I'm like, oh yeah, there was life before Plouch. Like Mouch technically had like an early Japanese girlfriend. And like, oh. I remember the pen- like, I just like, I think about, I'm like, wait, there was life before Plat and Mouch. Like, that's weird to me. They've just always been together. Yeah. I mean, yeah. In my mind. Yeah. And I'm like, and then I like watch the season one or like the end of season one. I'm like, oh yeah, Mari, that was a thing. Like, that's weird. Plouch is so underrated so underrated we need plouch merch why don't we have more we we got lots to get on this fall what would we do for plouch though i don't know we'll figure it out they're so cute though yeah okay so brett or match gets a call from trudy brett is like i'm just gonna go in whatever and so she goes in and the place is a mess and it's dark and it's like very just isolated and so brett's just like super suspicious brett's like something is up here so warren appears at the end of the hallway with a hammer like he's going to attack her and so what does brett do she turns her back jesus christ brett what are you doing i thought you were smarter than this and now we know who would be the first to die in a one chicago horror movie did that ever surprise you though let me think about that like, I could have called Brett being one of the first ones to die. I'm thinking. Yeah, no, that doesn't surprise me. Cap and Tony are the only ones I would say before her. I don't even know if I'd say that. I mean, like, the survivors at the end of the horror movie would definitely be Severide and Violet. Oh, yeah, Violet, for sure. Hank Voigt would find a way to survive. Mm-hmm. Who on med? Goodwin yeah she's a boss bitch hannah she'd find a way it would be super scrappy i could see that will would be second to last because will would sacrifice himself for hannah 
Ethan's got those military survivor skills. He would, yeah, he would. Mm-hmm. Torres, because he's scrappy, he'd survive. Mm-hmm. I can see that too. I'm like going through the whole roster of characters. But then at that some point we have like half the cast like saying we could make it till the end. So like somebody has to be in the end. And then they just have the Hunger Games. Um yeah. 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 She turns her back. Sylvie Brett, what are you doing, child? What are you doing? That's like the number one role. She definitely does not watch scary movies. And if she does, no. she gets scared by them. She's the one who like watches the scary movie and then just like jumps up and screams. Yeah. Oh, there's a fanfic I need to commission someone to write. Like she, not, not that she crashes, but like maybe Hakami and then her and then like somebody else watch a scary movie together. And like, she's the one who screams and they all laugh at her. I digress. Anyway. So Mouch gets off the phone, sees a neighbor. The neighbor is like, dude, his sister died like three weeks ago. What are you talking about? So Mouch is yeah. like, fuck. Mouch runs in, which causes just enough of a, distra- a distraction for Warren to turn around and Sylvie's able to sedate him right then and there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this ends in Brett going over to the Plouch house for dinner. Oh. I loved everything about this. Oh my God. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. So like she sits down with them or whatever. And Mouch just kind of gives Trudy the look of like, go on, tell her. And so she starts like spewing advice and she starts telling some of her own breakup stories. And it's amazing. I literally would pay a lot of money to spend a night with Trudy listening to like her relationship adventures. A million percent. Like I would give all, give all the money. The very first thing she says, like, doesn't she say something about how she like crashed a bowling ball into a guy's car or something? Yeah. That's like one of the first things she says. And she's like, if that's just like the tip of the iceberg, oh man. And then Mouse is like, we all did dumb stuff when we were dumb and she, when we were young and she just goes, honey, I was 37. <laughs> uh, it's so funny. That's like, like Brett coming over to the plow house for dinner is like, that's, it's like a fanfic come true for all of us. You know how you said we just, we don't have, why do we not have plat merch? Like regardless of plouch, like how do we not have plat merch? Why don't we? Like we stand a queen. Like how do we not have plat merch? What about plat with like the queen hat and that's it? Yeah. I'll hail the queen. I'll hail the queen. Yes. Her majesty, Trudy Platt. I loved it though. I lo- I loved how it ended with like Trudy giving advice. I just want to insert Trudy into like every single one Chicago situation and see. But actually though, like, yeah, maybe Trudy Platt can run intelligence one day. I would pay good money for that too. Oh God, I would pay such good money. Mm-hmm. And then like the crossovers with SVU and it's like Olivia Benson and Trudy Platt. Oh fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd be here for it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we did get one listener thought on this. Helene said, I hate seeing Sylvie sad again. And even more so when she feels like she has to keep it to herself. I'm glad Mouch figured out something was wrong, especially when we get Trudy comforting Sylvie in the most Trudy-esque way. Side note though, can we stop trying to kill Sylvie for just one season? Is she ever going to be safe? Or should I just be glad that it wasn't a gun this time? Helene, you should probably just be glad it wasn't a gun. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I feel like they're always going to go after Sylvie unfortunately sorry next up we have carver and stella 
All right. Take it so, away. So all of 51 gets called out to this construction site where they hit a power line and basically the excavator operator like took a huge shock. So there's another guy going near the machine at first. And so basically they're like, okay, well, dude, like stop what you're doing. Like this is not how this goes. So they get him out first. And then Severide decides he's just going to drop in from above and save the guy. Again, Avenger shit. Avenger shit. Yeah. So Carver recognizes Andre, who is the excavator operator, and he immediately leaps in to help, like, hold Severide and ultimately Andre, um, like, up from the aerial so that, like, while they bring them back to safety. And he, I was really impressed. I was like, okay, Carver. Like. Just Severide things. Yeah. Like, Carver. Okay, that was good. Good save. Good save. I mean, I, I was like, uh, okay, cool. No, I mean, I thought, I mean, but again, just the right things. Yeah, good save. But mm-hmm. so basically, they get back and Stella checks in with Carver. And, you know, what happened is so Carver used to work construction as like a side job with Andre when he was not on duty. And Andre really took him under his ring. And so. Cap walks by and notices that Carver got like a nasty rope burn from the call earlier. And of course, like we noticed last week, like Carver has this like scar up like on his left um, shoulder, um, but he's obviously being super low key about like they ask him car or Cap is like every story has a scar. Every scar has a story. And he's like, and Carver just basically is like, oh yeah, well I got mine in a Pilsen house fire. Like no big deal. Like whatever. Um, I thought he got his scar from holding on to that guy for 25 minutes. Uh-uh. Okay. I thought that too at first, but no. Not yet. We don't know. Um. So basically, Stella can tell that this is like just some lame story, but she just like lets it go for right now. Um. But so Stella later on finds Severide when you know, they get back and she's finished with Carver and we get a sexy make out with a shirtless Severide. I mean, we are just, we are not worthy. Oh my God. This moment, how he just gratuitously takes off his shirt. Like he's like, I've got to throw it in the wash. And it's like, no, you don't, but okay. Oh, I'm doing laundry. <laughs> They're really going for like season 11 being like all Celeride making out at the ho- or firehouse at all times. And I just like, I, I hear for every minute of it. If they want to make this whole season Stellaride, finding out how many places in the firehouse they can hook up in without getting caught, I'm cool with it. I will gladly take it. Yeah, no, I'm totally cool with it. It was just so funny because it's like, not only are they just like making out in the firehouse, it's like they're making out Stellaride has his shirt off. And I was just like, Jesus Christ. There's the squad table. There's the turnout room. There's the briefing room. The blue room. There's like the blue room. They could probably get away with it in the blue room. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to think of where else in the firehouse they could do it and not get caught. Hmm. I mean, well, the trucks. Yeah. Yeah. The truck. That's perfect. Um, well, there's multiple. There's squad. There's truck. I mean, there's multiple there's trucks. There's engine. Yeah. There's multiple trucks. Ambo. Ambo's <laughs> got the bed in it. So already. So <laughs> obviously. I think the big challenge would be Bowden's office hmm yeah not I mean, impossible sleeping... but Severide's office is too easy the sleeping quarters are too easy yeah Bowden's office would be like the the big one 
Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Oh, man. So Brett and Violet come back from the hospital, and basically they're the ones that have to break the news to Carver that Andre is probably going to have to lose his leg or have his leg amputated as a result of electrical burns. And Carver does not take it well. He's very upset. So Stella finds Carver on his way out of shift and asks if she could tag along with him to the hospital to go to the hospital to see Andre. And so they get there and they're visiting and Andre's wife mentions to them that basically the construction company is blaming Andre for the accident. And so what should be like a normal or relatively normal like workers comp case is now probably going to put them in debt. It's really sad. And, like, Carver's in disbelief because he's, like, this does not sound like the guy I know. And he's just, like, he's getting railroad. Like, this is, yeah, this is bullshit. So, next shift, Stella tells Carver that she got a hold of the report that Andre's company filed. And, basically, they'd marked the power line before work started. So, they're just, like, calling it operator error. Um, And so... Carver or Carver convinces Stella to take 81 out to the scene and Carver points out that there is a normal not crushed flag right where truck parked the aerial for the aerial rescue so clearly it wasn't there until put there until after they were gone and like all of a sudden the foreman comes out and he seems like very fishy about the whole thing and it's like very obvious that he is involved somehow in covering this all up. Just so crazy about this yeah so carver and stella figure out that the construction company is like basically cheap af and likes to cut corners to save money and so they realize that like when they saved the foreman the other day at the call like he had probably been replacing the flags to cover his ass so and they're just like, you know, how could this have happened? But, like, it happened because the entire crew backed him up on the report. Like, nobody went against what he said. Because they also didn't want to get in trouble. So, Carver mentions that he did a job with one of the guys, Gavin, like, once upon a time. And mentions, like, trying to find him and flip him, you know, and, like, see if they can turn him and, like, save Andres from being, like, broke. And then we get, like, this conversation. But can I ask... How come you're going along with me on all this? You don't even like me. It's true, Chief Bowden. Foisted you on me against my will. But he wouldn't have done it if he didn't see something in you. And this has been a chance for me to see it for myself. I really, and I can talk more of this about this at the end too in a second, but like, I actually, I'm going to save it for the end. I'll bring it up in a second. Um, okay. So basically Carver gets Gavin to the hospital and basically like they've convinced him to come clean and he's going to help Andre and it's all going to like all all's well that ends well, like basically ends good. So we get to Molly's after shift and Stella decides to buy Carver a drink, you know, for like basically the good things that he did. And then she decides to ask him or to have him tell her where he really got the scar and he does not want to open up. Now, how about you tell me where you really got that scar? Because it sure as hell wasn't a house fire in Pilsen. What makes you say that? Because you already had it in that picture you showed me from your construction days. 
Why lie about it? Okay, look. I get it. I have stuff from my past that I prefer to change the story on, too. But there won't be a place for you on my truck if you lie to me again. Then I'll just have to keep quiet about the scar. Thanks for the drink, Lieutenant. And I know I saw on Twitter, I think the scene really rubbed people the wrong way. And I'm curious, like, what did you think about the scene? Uh, it didn't, well, it, it's not that particular scene didn't rub me the wrong way. The whole thing. Not that it rubbed me the wrong way. I just didn't care. Like, it felt forced that Stella was by his side the whole way through. It felt really forced. I really got the vibe that she was like, I'm only doing this for Chief Bowden. Really? I completely disagree. Really? Yeah. Like, I completely disagree. I and, like, the, and the fact that we didn't find out in the end, there was no payoff, just more mystery. I didn't like that. I do think that part's a little annoying, but, like, I actually really disagree. I think that she... Because in the beginning, right, like, obviously, she did not want Carver on her team. Like, that was not a secret. You know, that wasn't her first choice. But, and Bowden is the one that, like, put him on her team. But I do feel like, and she even says at one point that, like, yeah, you know, it's true that, like, Bowden is the one that, like, put you on my team against my will. But, like, you know, he wouldn't have done it if he didn't see something in you. And, like, this has been my chance to see it for myself. Like, I don't feel like she felt like she had to do it for Bowden, but I think, by her following along, it allowed her to see what Bowden saw in him. And I think one of the things that I kept thinking about is how, you know, how last season we were talking about this when Pelham brought in and we were like, I don't know, how would we feel about Pelham? Are we supposed to trust him? Like, is he a good guy? Whatever. I think the thing that they've done so far well with Carver is having us see what Bowden sees in him, like through Stella's eyes, because then it allows us to like, be like, okay, well, if Stella can come around to him and think that like, he's a good person, then like I can come on board with it. That's kind of how I saw it. But I do think the way they end it is weird because like, what is this big secret about his scar? Like I get it. Obviously there is some sort of trauma connected to it and he may not want to talk about that. And that is fine. But like, they keep posting it as like the secrets of the story of the arm. And like, I just, I don't understand what's the point of that part of it. You know, part of me, just from watching an absurd amount of TV all these years, part of me wondered if, like, I kind of, like, I saw the burn on his arm, and I was like, is that an acid burn? And, like, I don't know. If it was, how do you fit that in? Or, like, and and there's just no payoff. Like, they, he used to work construction, yes, but, like, do you and Andre go back to childhood, this Gavin guy? Well, that part, I don't think it, that part, I, I think, was just for the story of, like, they had to have some sort of connection like they had to make carver care about something in order for stella to like see him fight like i I don't think the andre part i don't think we're ever gonna hear about that again that's not the part i just feel like the scar thing like you said i thought last week the scar it the idea was that the scar came from the call that Bowden, like, you know, saw him hold the guy up for like 20 minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. But so now you're telling us that's not the, like, I just don't, what is the secret about the scar? Yeah. And, and like, like, what is it makes him so defensive about it that like, he's literally basically like, 
I'm not going to tell you about my scar. Like you can have my job back. Like what is going on? I know. And I mean, I get it that that was his opportunity to, you know, basically avail himself to like the 51 way of life. And he's just, he's like, he made progress this week, but he's not all the way there. I get that's what they're trying to convey, but I feel like it would have meant a lot more if we'd gotten that payoff at the end. And he had just told her like, Hey, because then we would have invested in him quickly. But the thing, yeah. And I feel like up until this scene, I was really invested and I'm still kind of like, I do, I am curious. I think the thing too, that also kind of run me the wrong way about this scene is like, I thought it was, a. I don't want to say out of character, but like Stella pushing him to be like, you have to tell me about your scar or like, you can't be on my team anymore. Like, I also thought that was a little weird too. Yeah, I don't really like that whole firefighter idea of like, you have to tell me your trauma. Because remember how Casey forced it out of Gallo? Yeah. Like, I didn't like that either. I was like, that's a deep seated trauma that he shouldn't have to tell you until he's ready. Right. Well, and the thing is that she's like, you know, but there won't be a place for you on my truck if you lie to me again. Like, I get it. Like, obviously, don't lie to your lieutenant, but like, not wanting to open up about your trauma isn't lying. It's just not feeling comfortable yet enough to tell you. I mean, maybe that was what she wanted was for him to say, I'm not comfortable instead of him just making it up. But he even says he doesn't make it up. He just says, like, I'll have to, well, because this happens obviously after he makes it up. And she's like, well, then, you know, he's like, I'll just have to keep quiet about my scar. He's not ready to talk about it. Like, why is she pushing him to talk about it? Exactly. And exactly. And that, that, that just circles back to like, I really don't understand how a new firefighter comes along and they're immediately like, tell us all of your trauma. Yeah. But like I said, I was really into this be- until this scene because, and I still, like I said, I'm still very curious about Carver. I don't like hate this. I didn't hate this or anything. I just thought it was weird because I really felt up until this last scene that like they had done a really good job of like us, I don't want to say falling in love with Carver, but like us like understanding Carver a little bit more and seeing what Bowden saw in him through Stella's eyes. Like I thought it was like the really like a good way to do it and go about it. Mm-hmm. And then the scene, last scene happened and I was like, I'm confused. Mm-hmm. but I still really like the storyline and like I said I'm intrigued by Carver I just that last scene is weird yeah I just I mean and, and I'm I'm all for getting to know him it's just it like I don't I, I feel like they kind of shoved this into the deep end when it should have been kind of gradual what you feel like it should have happened in like five episodes from now no but like maybe chisel it out a little bit more like It was just, it just felt like a lot of Carver. It felt like a lot of Carver. And I'll be completely honest, since there's a new person, I, you know, I don't really pay attention to every single bit of dialogue they say when they're new. I just kind of, am just like, okay, let me take the high points here. It was just too much too fast is what it felt like to me. Oh, see, I disagree on that part, but um, like I said, I really liked it. I just, the last scene, I'm like, I don't understand what the point of it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to getting to know him more. I mean, I'm, I'm sure once we get to know him more, we're going to get super attached. Yeah. I want to and... know what this scar is about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. absolutely. Um, we did have a few listener thoughts. Um, Devaney said, um, Carver seems a little devious. Can't quite put my finger on what his motives are. I don't think he seems devious. I just think like you said, I just, like you said, he just has a lot of trauma clearly. And he's just not ready to be like, a complete open let me tell you my whole life story with everyone yet 
Bowden would not have been so adamant about bringing him in if he was devious. Bowden's a really good judge of character. Well, and we even saw that with Pelham last season too. Like we were all like, what the fuck is this Pelham guy doing here? Like, we don't like him. This sucks, whatever. And like Bowden was like, no, like, I, you know, like I'm not, he's here, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah. But also if I were Stella, I, I completely understand how she would have a hard time you know, giving Bowden the benefit of the doubt. I completely understand that. Even though he is a great judge of character, I still would probably be like, whoa. Well, she has a hard time letting go of the past. Like she has a past relationship with Carver from the Academy and she just has a hard time letting go like the 20-year-old version of Carver with like the 30-year-old version of Carver. Like it's hard for her to mesh in her mind that they're the same person or that they, you know, the same person can change and that, you know, 20 year old Carver is not 30 year. I'm making up numbers here. I don't know if he's 30 yeah. years old, but like, you know, if 20 year old version of Carver is the same version as 30 year old Carver, I just, I don't know. Like I said, I thought they did a good job so far. I just thought that last season, like the last scene is just not, no. Yeah. But. It was <laughs> like, I'm not mad. I'm just kind of like, okay, like tell me more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Helene said, I still don't know how to feel about Carver. He was fine this week, but I can't get over his sexist undertones last week. And he's still hiding something. TBD, I guess. Yeah. TBD for sure. Yeah. But I mean, we all know that they're going to make us fall in love with him or like at least like him because and do something redeeming because they're not going to make us. They're not going to make him a villain for sure. Oh, yeah. The sexist undertones last week. I forgot about that. Yeah, but they're they're not gonna make him a villain. Like they're not like they're not gonna make him. He's a he's a good guy. He's gonna be on fifty one. Like he's gonna be on eighty one. With like he's a good guy. We just got to get there. Yeah, we'll just get there. Good stuff. It's Hakami time. Oh, can never have enough Hakami in my oh, life. Hakami. Oh my goodness. Okay, so these two. So Brent and Violet, they bring Andre to the hospital, but then they run into Hawkins. Cool. Uh, years pass, we'd be like, oh, great. It's Hawkins again. He's so uptight. And this time he's just like, hey. And like he and Violet are kissing and they're just It's perfect. so and, cute. Oh God, they're so good. It's they're actually so good. like them being able to be cute out in public is everything. Yes. Yes, everything. Yeah. So Hawkins is like, hey, check your email. I sent you details on the B&B for this weekend. They are going on a weekend vacation to an Airbnb. Like, please tell me someone wrote that fanfic. Give me all of the smutty one shots. Just give them to me. I'm like actually about to go check the uh, tag on AO3 and see if any exist. Just just make it rain. Like Hakami B&B fix, I'm in. I'm looking. Hold on. While you keep talking, I'm looking. Yeah. So Violet is like, okay, well, like I'm a little nervous here because like we're traveling. This is the first time we've traveled together. What are we doing? And, you know, part of Brett is kind of like, oh, this is bittersweet. But she just decides to like kind of suck it up and just be like, no, you guys are going to have a great time. Like, don't even worry. You're going to have a good time. It's going to be great. So Hawkins stops by to see Violet at the end of the shift. And he's like, I've got bad news. So he has to attend some sort of like paramedic meeting with DC Hill and postpone the trip. And he's just like, given my current standing with DC Hill, like I couldn't say no. And so she's like, it's fine. It's fine. But clearly it's not. 
So Evan stops by at the end of the next shift to drop off paperwork for Brett, especially since he's only got two more shifts in the district. And Violet's like super bummed. And so he's like, what's wrong? And she's just like, this is all my fault. Just drop the clip. We, you and I made the irrational decision to get together despite all the pitfalls. Would you change any of it? Because I wouldn't change a second of it. These last few days have been some of the best of my life. Even with the stupid conference, we will get to the Bradford house soon enough and plenty of other places too. These last few days have been some of the best of my life. Like, they are the cutest. Fine, we need to all find it. Well, you've already found yours, but like we all need to find us an Evan Hawkins. Yeah, find someone who looks at you the way Evan looks at Violet. For real though, for real just the cutest for real just the cutest so of course gallo catches them making out and he just kind of like turns in the other direction like sorry dude sorry i don't know so hawkins checks into the conference and he checks in to see if he has any messages or anything and there's a note on there that says like come to this room and violet's waiting there to surprise him oh my god this is really cute Oh my God, I know. And so she's like, I had the sexy camisole top I was going to change into. And then he just says, only you can make the Waukegan Marriott the sexiest place on earth. <sighs> dead. Hashtag dead. I'm dying. I'm You're dead. So dead. Cute. dead. 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 Horrible, horrible segue. But speaking of dead, the promo for next week, we need to talk about that. Oh my God. That was a terrible, that was a terrible segue. Why do you think I prefaced it with terrible segue? I know, but Jesus. Okay. So the, like, cause that, that's all we've got on fire is just Hakami being the cutest. Okay. So <laughs> the promo for next week, this is the big Pickwick theater episode where they take like this, I guess it's, this is like historic movie theater in Chicago. And they were just like, let's just burn it. Why not? As one does. What is that like, like for your job to just like be, to look at different Chicago landmarks and just say like, let's just burn it. That's an amazing job. What is that job like? That's gotta be crazy. Okay, so the promo for next week, this is the big pick with movie theater episode. The text in the promo says someone doesn't make it. Not only that, but Derek Hass wrote it. Why episode three? What are we doing? Yeah. I'm scared. I'm really scared. It's got to be a dupe, right? You don't kill him. You don't kill. You're not killing three. off anyone in episode three. They can't be. It's got to be somebody we don't know. Maybe we need to go ahead and have our clown masks ready for like. You know. I'm like really nervous. I mean, I'm trying not to let. I don't think I'm like season ten finale levels nervous, but like, I'm I'm a little nervous not gonna lie i mean maybe it's uh, maybe it's a mislead and they're just trying to be like it's gonna be catastrophic but also derek doesn't write anything that's not catastrophic especially at this point with all his double show running duties like when he writes he writes yeah Mm-mm-mm. i'm scared i'm scared but also like if you look at the episode four promo photos everybody's in them Mm-hmm. I mean, but Violet, but like, they're not going to kill her. No, they've literally already told us we're getting Violet's family this year. Yeah, no, they're, they're not killing her. 
Carver's in the promo photos, right? Was he? Lauren and I saw the film, though. Also, Jake Lockett and Alberto were playing golf today. So Mm. I saw that on Instagram. But, like, yeah, no, he's there. He's there. But I am, like, for a second, I was like, wait, did they kill him off? Like, that would be interesting. I know, three episodes and bye. (laughs) And Yeah, this will fate even worse than Pelham's. Yeah, true story. True story. I'm just like, like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm like nervous though. No, same, same. And I can't even drink wine right now. And I'm just like, oh. the way these shows have been stressing us the fuck out. Like, it's not good. Nope, 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 nope. Which also sets us up for the next segue. Oh, it's Jesus. But yeah, fire. I feel like we should just wrap it up. Fire best episode of the night i mean solid it was a solid fire episode i have a hot take about pd okay yeah let's move into okay it's pd time stretch it well yeah we have to stretch it we have to stretch it i have my tissues handy because i don't know i could cry i could not cry i have no idea okay let me put my back there we go all right here's my hot take and this might be like maybe it's a little too intense this might have been the worst episode in PD history. I that may be a little too intense. I don't know if I'd say it's the worst one. You think it's the worst one? I mean, the Berzik stuff was great, but it just it's not enough to it's not enough to overshadow all the other bullshit that's going on. But I think here's the thing. I think when you're talking about like worst episode, I I, I understand that and I definitely agree with that. I think. It's very hard to ignore, like, everything that's looming around that. And I do think context is important. But also, I think when you're looking at the episode itself, like, the Jay weird, the weird ending kind of stuff with, like, Jay and Haley and all that shit. Like, I didn't think it was a bad episode. Like, I didn't think it was, like, the worst thing I've ever watched. But, like, it, I mean, it wasn't great. And, like, that stuff, definitely, I... I thought something. I didn't think it was the worst because I actually thought you actually saw for it being a Berzik episode, you actually saw like a decent amount of like everyone else. Mm. Like it actually felt like relatively balanced for PD's sake. Like, I mean, you know, for PD's sake at least. Yeah, um, I did see a, a lot of people said that too. Like for a Berzik episode, they did a pretty good job of highlighting the ensemble. I was just so wrapped up in all the the other bullshit happening that the Berzik stuff I was like I should be happy about this but I just kind of feel meh about but I think that was gonna happen I think and that's why I say like I think maybe it's a little harsh to say it's the worst episode ever because I think that happens whether this is like an Oscar winning I mean uh, well Emmy because television and like an Emmy award-winning level of television or whether it's like literal actual shit like, I think it was always going to be overshadowed by the fact that, like, Jesse's supposedly leaving next week and we don't know what the fuck we're doing with ourselves and what they're doing with him. But that's we'll get there in two seconds. I think that's fair. I think I think the I, PD has been spawning a lot of emotions out of me lately. I'm, I'm having a hard time with Jesse leaving. Truth, truth be told, completely honest. I'm having a really hard time with it. And like, I go in now with like almost a sense of anxiety before it, PD. Yeah. And so through that whole episode, I was just like, are we done yet? Are we done yet? Like, can we just get to the end? I need to know how this ends. Like, 
that I'm having a really hard time with PD right now. And I'm trying really, really hard. I really am. But I, PD is definitely the reason why I burst into tears on the group chat last night. Yeah. Well, that's like, fair. Like I said, I, that's fair. And I think, you know, there's a lot of feeling. I mean, there's a lot of feelings around this and I'm really confused. I'm, I mean, it's the same thing I feel like we've been saying for weeks and weeks and weeks. And I feel like we sound a broker, like a broken record at this point, but I'm confused. I'm angry. I'm like sad. I'm mad. I'm like literally all the feelings. I just, I don't even know anymore. Like I did, I don't even know if I have anything else intelligent to add to the conversation around the whole Jesse thing, leaving thing. Cause I just like, I don't know anymore. I feel like they kind of slapped us in the face. Like, and it's so hard too, because there's so many questions we have unanswered around mm-hmm. the whole thing that like, maybe could give us a little more like peace of mind if we knew the answers to these questions. And like, even I'm, I don't know, we'll save. I feel like part of this conversation, we can even save for next week. If you, I, I just, I have, yeah. More about that in a minute. Yeah. Okay. Like, and I kind of like, I, I was, I was happy about the Berzik stuff. Don't get me wrong. I really was, but I just, I couldn't devote the emotion to it that I wanted to. You weren't going to end up with Lauren happy tears. No, no. Like she did. No, you guys, you guys know Lauren from the locker room. She is like the biggest Berzik shipper. She loves them so much, which like, yes, she ate last night. She ate on Wednesday night. She had the best night, like all of the Berzik. All of the Berzik, yeah seeing Upstead in the state that they're in and seeing Jay the way that he is right now, it hurts so badly. Well, and it hurts so badly because you're like, what the fuck is happening? Right. Like, really, what are they doing to Jay? Which we'll get there, but like, what are they doing? And why did we build all of that up? Why did we have the amazing moments that we had in season nine if we were just going to burn it to the ground like this? I don't know. I even, I... We had, I mean, we did have some good moments. I mean, the slap heard around the world is still like one of the top five moments of PD history. But like, I still feel like they were, I mean, uh, when we're not getting in my whole feelings about the midseason, I'm not going there again. I have feelings about Jay and the way he handled it because I don't think that was Jay even mm-hmm. last season. But point aside, this just even feels like more out of, this feels more out of character for Jay in regarding to how he handles his situation, his relationship with Haley, than it more felt out of character for the way he handled the Voight stuff. If that makes sense. Yeah. Because like everything, like even last season, I can pinpoint moments where I'm like, eh, that's a little out of character for Jay and how he would handle the situation with Voight. Or at least that we had been led to be believe he would handle the situation with Voight for the first eight seasons. Mm-hmm. There were even moments last year I could be like, oh, that's a little out of character. But this just really felt like it was out of character for Jay. Like, Jay's never been the person that just, like, doesn't let Haley know what's going on or, like, keep secrets from her. And I'm just like, it doesn't show up when she's, like, expecting it. Like, I just like, who is this guy? Yeah. Yeah. Let alone the Voight stuff, which is weird, too. But, like. And last week, it seemed like we were going in one direction that we were going to be okay with. And this week, it just seems like we're going in a complete opposite direction, which if it goes that way, I will be absolutely devastated. Yeah. It's just really hard. And it's really hard to see everybody else in the unit just kind of, like, moving on with their lives and knowing that, like, this crazy thing is going to happen next week, which I'm just... Are you talking about moving on, meaning like that they're still filming like episode six, seven, eight, and like they're moving on in that way? Is that what you mean? 
Uh, or do you mean moving on as in like nobody else in the unit cares about what's going on with Jay and Haley? That, that hurts a lot, actually, that like they know something's up, but they're just ignoring it. But there, there's nothing they can do, right? That's but it's like, not that's- really the business. I mean, I feel like we actually got more acknowledgement because like at one point Burgess even asked, she's like, you don't know what Jay is? Like, what's going on? And mm-hmm. you know, like that, I feel like we would have never gotten that conversation mm-hmm. last season. Yeah. But yeah, it is, it is weird. It's weird. It's really weird. And it just the, it feels tense on the show right now. And it feels like this episode in particular, I think part of the reason why I didn't like it I'm not a huge SVU fan. I will, you know, I'll, sometimes I'll watch it if the if the circumstances are right. But for the most part, it's too dry for me. It's yes. too much like, here are the facts. Here are the facts again. Here are more facts. It's it's too dry for me. And I got that feeling last night that PD is starting to get too dry. Kind of. And if they do get too dry, they're, they're going to lose all of the magic that made the show special in the first 10 seasons. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens with the Bursics and, you know, need Michaela back for sure. That definitely adds a different dynamic. Need Michaela to pop up again mm-hmm. soon. Um, I, you know, I I don't know. I still have a little tiny bit of hope for like everyone else, but like, I'm really still just, I still don't have words for the J thing, really. I'm like, really- I think I... I really think like, I know you were, like you said, you were crying in the group FaceTime last night. I haven't cried yet. And I think it's because like somewhere in the back of my mind, I don't know if I like, I don't have words because I feel like I really haven't registered that it's like actually happening. Like, and I think next, I I really think the week it's going to hit is like when we're watching it together, which we'll watch episode four together in Dallas with Lauren. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, think when I don't see him for the first time on ever on an episode of PD, I'm going to be like, what the fuck is happening? Like, that's really when it's going to hit me. I think. Yeah. Because up until then, well, maybe probably next week too. Let's be real. But like when episode four happens and I don't see Jesse on my screen, I'm going to be like, what is happening? And then I think I'll probably lose it. It just feels, it just doesn't feel right when you see a cast photo posted and he's not in it. Yeah. Doesn't feel right. It was like, we finally got the like, you know, we didn't really get like a traditional like first day of school picture this year. Mm-hmm. And then we literally got, I'm going to say it was like last week or within the last couple of days, there was like a picture of like everyone, like Jason, you know, Tracy, Marina, Patty, LaRoyce, Benjamin, like they were all there. And then it was like, but there's no Jesse. It's like, oh, wait, this is like new reality. And it just really sucks. Yeah, it really fucking sucks. I'm not gonna cry on the podcast. I'm not gonna cry on the podcast. Ugh. It's okay if you do. This is a safe space. It's just there's like there's there's a theory going around now that he might go to jail for void and like that. That's not I. That like destroys me. Yeah. Like ten years of sticking to his guns and ten years of not wanting to be like his boss for him to go down like that yeah it's tragic it's beyond tragic and then I feel so bad for Haley too because she's been through so much in her life Mm -hmm. and like it took a lot for her to let Jay in and trust him and finally realize like I'm worthy of this love and now he's just gonna go yeah sometimes I was having this thought to myself earlier today that like you know not that like 
I was kind of wondering, you know, like in the beginning, a lot of times, like it was like Voight or um, Jay and Antonio against Voight and like kind of everyone else. Mm-hmm. And it kind of just hit me today. I was like, you know what? Like, I kind of wonder, like if Antonio were here and like he was watching the situation unfold and watching like Jay, someone he really tried, I feel like for a while until Antonio also went off on a weird path, like steer in the right direction of like stick to your morals, like, you know, like you're going to be a good cop if you just like stick to what you believe in. Like, if Antonio was seeing how the situation played out, especially if, like, Jay does go to jail for Voight, like, it's just not, it's not what I, it's not what we all, it's not what any of us ever envisioned. And because it's stupid. I can't even think of it or I will start crying. Like, I don't know why. I don't know why. But, like, I feel like Jay struck a chord with everybody. And yeah, to pull him out of the show like this is heartbreaking. And, like, ugh. It's the like I said, feeling. I feel like we could all, I mean, it was always going to suck regardless. Like, like we've always said that, like whether Jesse decided he was just ready to move on from the show or, you know, now with this weird, I don't know if he really got, he, I think he got fired kind of whatever this weird situation is. It was always going to suck, right? Like mm-hmm. Jay leaving was always going to suck. But I think the fact that there's just still so many like unknowns and the fact that like jesse is still hanging around set a lot and like potentially working behind the scenes supposedly it's like it's so weird and so bizarre and i think it's really adding to the fact that like people are in this just this this weird like denial stage and i'm not saying that people should move on because people are allowed to feel however they want to feel but i think it's really allowing or hindering people from being able to move on in whichever direction whether they're choosing to not watch the show anymore or continue to watching the show anymore like I feel like the fact that we have so many a lack of answers is like really what's preventing people from really moving on and I can't speak for you obviously but for me I can say it's hindering my enjoyment of all three shows yeah yeah and I think just like and we've been saying this too. Like, I just think the fact that there's so many secrets is really what's hindering. Cause like you put, we were talking about this in the group chat tonight. Like NBC has gone hard on the upset content on social media this week. How and it's like, doing? just the social media intern for NBC just not know is like that a plan? Like, I just feel like if it's planned, it's really a slap in the face, but if it's not planned and it was just, someone doesn't know what's going on it's like why they're it feels like they're mocking us yeah it just i don't know i just it really sucks i'm trying and i i still am like i'm still definitely gonna stick with it for a little bit for sure after he does leave because i feel like i want to enjoy it for like, I really enjoyed the Burgic stuff. I thought Patty killed it. Like, I want to support my other favorites. Mm-hmm. And I I really am still excited to see, learn more about Torres. I I really am excited. Like, there's so many things I am still excited for this season. But it's just, like, I feel like I can't. Sometimes I feel like I can't be excited because, like, everyone else. And I am, too, of course. But, like, this Jace and the Jesse stuff just, over, like you said, it overshadows everything. And it's, like if there are things you you feel like you can't be excited for things because it's like oh well you're supposed to be sad about jesse and jay and it's like i am but i also can be excited for the potential of other things too 100 percent, 100 percent. 
I just, it makes me feel stupid for getting invested because they just kind of reminded us with this that like we can take this away at any point any point and, it and just I, makes, you know I've seen a lot of people say that and I know we've had that conversation in the one Chicago pod squad you know not even just necessarily in relation to Jesse Lee Soffer, but like with Jesse Spencer mm-hmm. and you know like we've had that conversation a lot lately I feel like in a bunch of different forms and like in some regard I do see like your point that like you do you are reminded I feel like a lot recently here with one Chicago especially yeah. that like it is a show and at the end of the day like it's not real life these aren't like real people like you know this it you know it's it is just a show and it is business and it like you know it is but I think my counter to that would be that like so what like if it's it is a show and like yeah it is all fiction but like you got invested because it meant something to you and because you found joy in these fictional characters and in this fictional world. And like, yeah, sometimes there's going to be a harsh reality because it is, like we said, it is television and it is a business, but like if it brought you happiness for even like a millisecond, then that's okay. And like, that's important too. That like, yeah, sometimes it can break your heart, but it can also bring you the best things. And even if it's only for one second or one episode, then like, that's okay. Yeah. And it did its job. Yeah. And like, yeah, it'll sometimes tear you down, but it also, you got involved, you got invested in it because it also brought you a lot of joy. And I think your feelings can change about, you know, a television show, just like it can change about a lot of things that happen in your life. But that doesn't mean that like, it was important to you in a moment because that's the reason you got invested in it. And I just think sometimes it's important to remember that too. Thank you. Yeah. needed that. Anytime. That's what I'm here for. I think something we talked about in the pod squad group chat last night was that it's really hard to find joy in the shows right now. Things are rough. Things are changing. And I think we're all having a hard time adjusting. Yeah. And I think, you know, we had, I feel like we say, you know, we've had this, but like we, cause you and I talk about this a lot too. Like, obviously we talk about it for like almost four hours sitting here or, you know, over three hours it's been a long time but like we also talk about it like every day basically in our text messages and so I think we you know something we've been talking a lot about recently is that like these shows have been on for a long time now too right like 11 seasons 10 seasons eight seasons like that's a long time to be on a like for television shows on network television to like still be on tv at this point it just Mm -hmm. is and I think there's always was going to be a phase of changing at some point, especially if they envision them sticking around for as long as like SVU and, you know, whatever, which is how I'm sure how Wolf Entertainment views this, that like they're going to last for like another 10 years at least, Mm -hmm. at least. And so there was always going to be at some point a phasing out of what we were familiar with and bringing something new in. I mean, it just, that's the way the shows are going to stick around forever is that like they have to eventually bring in new characters and new people and like, the older characters, they may not phase out, but like some of them definitely are going to phase out at some point. They just are. But I think there's a better way to make that adjustment happen. And this just hasn't felt like this is it. Yeah, that's my that's my problem is, I mean, I, I get it. You've got to kind of phase things out and bring things in to keep it fresh. But if what you have is working, why burn it down? Right. And I, and I think that's really up until this point too, I think, you know, 
they've either really done them for the purpose of like story or like it was the actor's choice to leave right and this is the first time with jesse lee Sofford that we really feel like behind the scenes drama kind of created a tension that like and again this is all speculation nobody knows anything for real concrete of course mm-hmm. but like there was something else that wasn't one of those two categories because up until this point, every other character leaving has been because like the writers felt it was the right story move to kill that person off or, you know, whatever, or the actor chose to leave the show for the most part. It generally fits. And this is the first time where it doesn't feel like it fits nicely into one of those two categories and we don't know how to handle it. Right. And it just, it feels like that is really created the cloud that is like hovering over all one Chicago and I just think it's really hindered the new progression of what they're trying to because I think so far like fire I thought when we've talked about this a lot too like fire's done a really good job I think about for the most part bringing in the new characters or a newer generation and keeping the keeping what worked with the OGs and but also simultaneously bringing in the millennials like fire's done a really good job with it yeah and med i don't know what med's doing because we thought they did a really good job with their new characters last year and that we were getting that and it that backfired on us so i don't know what med's doing and pd i think the idea of torres is really gonna work and we still you know he's been two episodes so i think it could really work but like i don't know just the jesse stuff is just really hanging over the like transition phase that we're kind of really in i feel like and i just i feel like they're just not doing it they're not handling the transition correctly because no they're really not it, yeah. it's killing morale yeah. just everywhere killing it yeah. and i mean and this is what i mean that it's casting a cloud of, of like over everything you guys we had a fantastic berzik episode and, and we literally haven't even touched on it yet exactly this is what we mean. Like, I, I really, I mean, the, the Berzik scenes, I was just like, yay. I just didn't have the emotions to be like, mm, I'm dying. They're being so cute right now. Like, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. It's a really hard time to be a shy hard. Yep. It's really hard. And if you had told us this, at this point, it's been like a month. Like, if you had told me this, like, six seven weeks ago i would have been like you're crazy this is a great time to be a shy hard and now i don't feel that way at all no it's a really hard time right now yeah there's just like no sugarcoating it It just is yeah and i but again i will say if you're not feeling the way that we are and you're feeling okay about it like that is okay too that's awesome like i mean yeah that's amazing Cause I like said, I'm, I do still feel hopeful about some things. Like I am excited about the Berzik. I'm excited about Taurus. You know, I'm excited about a few things, but I also like my heart is definitely broken by the Jesse stuff. It just, oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I feel like, again, I feel like people feel like they can't be happy about certain things either because everyone else in the fandom is sad and like, no, you can feel however you want to feel. It is okay. It's okay. There is space for any and all emotions in the fandom. Yep. Especially on like racism. Get out of here with that. Well, yeah. But yeah. So we start this episode and like Adam has gone full dadum. They like dad botted him up. And it's maybe the hottest he's ever been. It kind of is though, isn't it? (laughs) Like honestly, 
the beard, the hair, the shorts. Is this first time anyone in one Chicago, well, Chicago PD for sure, has ever worn shorts? I think it is. Not only do we get like shorts, Adam's barefoot in the backyard. It's amazing. Oh God. Like open button down shirt, like shorts. Oh, he is in full dad mode and it's glorious. It's really hot. (laughs) It is kind of hot. I know. It's really hot. It's kind of right. Yeah. So Kim, Kim gets there and she's like, you're late for work. What the hell are you doing? And he's like, what is it? What do you think I'm doing? He's building Michaela a birdhouse. Like we are not worthy. I didn't know Ruzik was good with like a hammer and nails. I really thought when he started talking about it, he's like, oh yeah, I'm building her birdhouse. I thought it was going to be some joke by the end of the episode that like it looked terrible no it actually didn't look bad it looked pretty nice did disco bob teach him that who knows who knows where he learned that knowing adam he watched a youtube tutorial oh for sure but just just the dad energy oh my god it is he exudes dad energy right now and it's just yeah it is glorious it's glorious So basically Kim came by to pick up Adam because he has to testify in a case that happened like five years ago, which I don't think this is a case that we know. No, no, no. So yeah. And the other thing we find out too, is that Adam, okay. So the original setup I think was for Mac and Kim to live in the house and Adam was going to stay in the undercover apartment. I thought that was my understanding of how it ended last season. But what's really going on is that Kim is still in her place and Adam is living in the house. And Michaela's going back and forth. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, why are you acting like divorced parents if you're not? Not even together. Um, Yeah, that's like, that's insane. And so, and also just like the, the, the dissonance there that like, Kim is like she won't let Adam in and she doesn't want to like live with him or anything but also she'll drop Michaela at his house for a whole weekend yeah okay it makes no sense makes no sense I'm gonna sneeze again maybe maybe not wait for it no it's like there okay we're good we're good um yeah so I know you're just making notes you're like Gina's fucking everything up no I'm just like because I know in the morning I'm not going to remember what I have to cut out. And that's yeah. how I miss things. So I've decided I'm going to start taking notes on if I need to cut something out. It's like a board meeting. Brian is taking minutes. Um, but actually, though. But actually, though. I know. I know. Hold on. Am I going to sneeze or not? It's like right there. And it's not perfect notes, but it's enough to be like, oh, yeah, I need to find this and cut it out. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so... Adam testifies, and this is basically all about this. It's a case where he's been accused of planting the gun. Uh, They pulled a fire on us with this promo. You know how fire, when the filler episodes happen, it's like a call and then it's like a snippet. And then it turns out to like happen at the beginning and not be anything remotely close to the episode. Yeah. That's what they did with this. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So Adam testifies in this case and the guy who's like on trial, he's just like, you are a dirty cop. Like you planted the gun, you did this. And Adam's like, absolutely the fuck not. Like, what the hell? I got a little bit of a laugh when he was on the stand and like the ASA was just like, have you ever illegally? I'm like, stop right there. You work for Hank Voigt. That's a yes. Like, stop right there. But 
out in the hallway. I guess they're just like between, I don't know if they're between something, but uh, Kim finds him outside after. And she's like, dude, you have nothing to worry about if the gun was in plain view. And we get this. Well, you have nothing to worry about if the gun was in plain view. What? I know I've got nothing to worry about. Yeah. What? I wasn't I wasn't saying that as anything loaded. Okay. I didn't mean Adam. Yeah, I of course not. you didn't. It's just like a knee-jerk reaction of yours to expect the least. Adam. Someday you gotta start believing in me, Kim. Not gonna lie, I was kind of glad he finally called her out. Same same then when he said he was like it's always like some knee jerk from you to expect the least i was like oh he did that like yeah like you've got to start like i really was just glad he finally said like you've got to start believing in me because like otherwise like what are we still doing here exactly and why did that take you like five fucking seasons to say adam right and it's like not saying that he can't still care about michaela and be michaela's life if she doesn't believe in him because i mean that can obviously but like she he did they just she has to make to make a decision about like how she feels. I'm not saying romantically or not, but like, does she trust Ruzik? Does she not trust Ruzik? Like, you know, do you believe in him? Like, as a cop, as a person, like, you just have to make up those fundamental like decisions. I have been screaming this from the rooftop since like the episode after the Berzik breakup in season three. I'm like, no, he changed. He changed. He's good. He's ready. I've been like screaming it from the rooftop. I can't believe it took him like seven years later to discover this. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wouldn't argue maybe right after the Berzik breakup that he changed, but like definitely by now he's definitely proven himself. Yeah. Big time. Big time. So the court is like, yeah, Ruzik, like you acted correctly. The appeals denied. You're good. So Ruzik's on his way home. Suited up Ruzik, might I add. Looking sexy AF. Oh, yeah. Suited up with the sunglasses, like hashtag blessed. Mm-hmm. Hashtag blessed. So we're five minutes into the episode. We should have known this was all going to shit. So Ruzik's in the car on his way home when a 10-1 gets called because prisoner guy who Adam just testified against hijacked the prison van what yeah yeah what Mm -hmm. um if i'm adam i'm probably just like really 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 okay really yep yeah so he follows the van until it stops kicks out one of the guards this guy wilkin the prisoner he broke out of his cuffs how that's not easy to do yeah Broke out of his cuffs, took the guy's gun, and then took another prison guard named Tiana hostage. Just great start to the day. It's probably not even like 10 a.m. And I was gonna say like, it's like not even lunch. And I know Adam's already like, oh fuck. I'm still hung up on how he broke out of the cuffs. That's not an easy thing to do. When they like blow it off with this comment about how, like, oh, he must have grabbed a paperclip from like while he was sitting there. It's like, but even then. Like, that's not easy. You can undo a pair of handcuffs with a paperclip? That's all it takes? Well, I mean, I'm assuming it's like you could pick a lock with a paperclip. I couldn't. I wouldn't know what the I mean, I'm not saying I could. I'm just saying theoretically people can pick locks with paperclips. So I'm assuming it's very similar idea to that. I have so many questions. I have so many questions. So we get back into the bullpen. It's Haley. It's Kevin. Adam, Kim, and Torres. 
It is his first day. It is his first official day. day. First official day. day. He's still in his white t-shirt. Yep. Yeah. He was in his white t-shirt when you saw him filming too, right? Correct. Oh man. Yep. Still that after the midseason is looking pretty good for the plaid bet. I know. I'm so disappointed. I didn't ask him like, how long do you think until Torres was was plaid? Oh man. But I was too busy trying to remind him like, Hey, you came on my podcast last week. And Hey, we want you back for like an actual chat. Yeah, please. Please. We just want to get to know you. Um, yeah. So back in the bullpen, it's Torres's first official day. There is no Voight. There is no Jay. Okay. So they get a hit on Tiana's cell phone and decide to start by tracking that lead down. And all they find, they find the prison guard or they find the, they find the prison man, but it's empty. And Jay and Voight finally show up. Finally. It's like, what the fuck? Like, what were they doing? Which I mean, we know, we find out later what they were doing, but like still. It's so bad. I'm, I'm just going to say it. Jay was an asshole this episode. He's not the Jay that we know and love. And that's what's really frustrating. It's crushing. Yep. Insane. So there was a witness there who saw a blue Honda with a black female pull out of the garage. And they basically are like, okay, let's work that lead. So Haley's like, you left early today. Like, what were you doing? And he's just like, I was with white. Why are you being so secretive? This is Haley. Your wife. Your wife. Your wife. You could maybe get away with this shit a little bit more. I still would think it's inexcusable, but you could get away with it a little bit more if you were just dating. But like, nah, dude, you're married now. Exactly. And we saw how well it tried. We saw how well it went when Haley was like, oh, I'm trying to protect Jay by not telling him about the Roy thing. You're married. Like his bullshit is your bullshit and vice versa. Yep. It's true though. Ugh. So Tiana's credit card got used at a gas station. So the Burzicks go check it out. And they pull security camera footage and she's buying bandages. And then she kisses Wilkin. And Adam's just like all of us. He's like, do you see what I'm seeing right now? Like, I'm not seeing this. No fucking way. <laughs> yeah. Adam is fantastic in this episode. Oh man, Patty kills it. I mean, he's always fantastic. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's in on the whole thing. And like, Adam is so angry, which like rightfully so, right? He's just like, are you kidding me? I fucking testified against this guy only to find out that like the prison guard is in love with him. Yeah. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they get Tiana's HR file. And so- Two years ago, her husband left her and she became depressed to the point of attempting suicide. She returned to work after a leave and then started counseling Wilkin at the prison chapel. Counseling. Counseling, air quotes, air quotes. Doesn't, Ruzik says something about that too. That's pretty funny. Uh, Yeah, they're basically like, oh yeah, that's probably like code for uh, hooking up in the, I don't know what it's called. I don't know what the church term's called. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. And so like she left Wilkin a note in his pillow um, and it just kind of talks about like, there's, there's a note in there where that's just says, like, I am your lamp. And Adam's like lamp yeah. and enter Torres. Cause he comes in clutch. He's like, it's a Bible reference. Like, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that part, how Torres is just going to fill in the gap where people are like, what the fuck is this? And he's like, it's this move on. Yeah. Like these are the things you don't know. Yeah. 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 So the Honda gets tracked, but tracked down to a place with a motel nearby. They go take a look 
they don't see anything at first, but Voight like completely overreacts and it ends with them breaking into an innocent woman's room. This was so unnecessary. So unnecessary. Just void things. Like, just void things. And he's going to get away with it because it was an exigent circumstance, or he's going to claim it was an exigent circumstance. Void makes me sick. Mm -hmm. He makes me so angry. Like, I just don't understand. I don't, I just don't understand. Yeah. Why is void? Why? But yeah. And Jay was like totally cool with it too. Like, Jay just charged in and then was like, sorry, bye. Yeah. What's, what the fuck? And like this poor woman had a baby and like she was screaming and like so fucked. Yeah. Yeah. So Torres and Kevin, which I think we're dubbing Ocean Water, which is the best thing I've ever heard. Shout out to Benjamin for that one. Yeah. Uh, they find a hardware store that caught Wilkin and Tiana walking in the other direction away from the motel. So Kim's like, well, wait a second. You know, if Tiana's a true believer, then she probably went to the church. Mm-hmm. They find Tiana, but they don't find Wilkin. And so yep. she would say, I said, yep, yep, yep. So she's like, he's not an addict. He's a good man. Like he's not, he's fine. And Adam's space, he's just like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Oh, oh. Yeah the fuck okay i was gonna say take it over from here but you just yawned no i got it okay go ahead um so a random guy in the street basically tells them like you know that he just he literally like 10 minutes ago told wilkin like where to go score some pcp so it takes them to this like random abandoned mall where they like question a couple perps about like whether or not they've seen wilkin and like one of them at one point um pushes Voight like back because they're having this confrontation so Jay all of a sudden like punches the guy in the face and then claims that like the guy was like assaulting an officer and it's like who the fuck is like what the fuck who is this Jay I don't know and I hate it yeah it really sucks I'm just like this is not the Jay Halstead that we know and love I hope they're not trying to make us hate him so that like we're just like yeah go leave no 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 jay was an asshole in this episode yep so basically those perps finally come clean and they're like yeah wilkin's still somewhere around here um so they finally come across wilkin and like they end up starting a shootout and it ends up killing a little girl an innocent 10 year old girl who's just in her car minding her own business and she ended up dying we OD'd a kid in episode one, and now we've just murdered an innocent 10-year-old. What are we doing? Yeah. Can we stop? Please. A little gratuitous on the violence there. Yeah. So, of course, like, Bersick is the one to um, help this little girl through, you know, the end of her life. And the dad on vibes in the scene, though, we're just, we're going to pull up the audio. Hey, kiddo. Hey. Hey, kid. I'm Adam. What's your name, sweetheart? Chloe. Chloe? Okay. You're gonna be all right, you hear me? You're gonna be okay. Is he in that ambo? Kim, come oh, here. God. It's okay. Hey, Chloe, look at me for a sec, okay? Hey, how old are you? That's a good age. We got a daughter named Michaela, she's eight. Do you like horses? Yes, she does too. She likes all animals. Yeah, she gave me this. See that? It's pretty cool. Oh, God, no. Yeah, all right, here, I want you to have it. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Patty, 
just slayed this episode oh my god his acting in this was mwah, chef's kiss. like the fact that like he he got down on the asphalt with her like didn't crouch or anything he was down on her level and like the way his hands were shaking when he handed her the horse yeah oh my god one immediately from the beginning he's like we have a daughter named Michaela. like i was just like oh my god all the tears i know all the tears i know and kim was just kind of like Kim was just kind of watching Adam and just was kind of like, I don't know if it was impressed. She was kind of emotionless the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think she was finally really seeing, I mean, even just by the way in that, it wasn't even the point of his thing, but like just seeing him cl- not only claim Michaela as his daughter, but be like, clearly he knows her. Like, you know, he's like, do you like horses like Michaela does too? Like she likes this. She's, you know, we have this bond. Like basically he was just laying everything about Michaela out on the line and how much he loved her and he was there for her and, you know, whatever. And I think Burgess was finally just seeing it. I think Kim was just finally like, oh shit. Like he's not someone who's just like going in and out of my daughter, you know, our daughter, like this is his child too. And I just think it's like finally something about whatever that moment was just like clicked with her. Why did Kim have to watch a child die? I know. It's like, Jesus. But yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad she came around. But also, why did it take that? Yeah, I don't don't know. But, you know, sometimes the brain works in mysterious ways and things that you think shouldn't be important are important, uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, when the little girl died, like, Adam was like, Adam was like more emotional than Kim. Like he was holding back tears, and that's something we've never seen out of Adam. Yeah. Man. Oh man. That was a crazy scene. But also stop hurting the children. Seriously. Oof. Seriously. Yeah. So we're back at the district. Adam basically questions Tiana, and he's like trying to play her guilt on her guilt for like Wilkin killing the little girl Chloe at the mall. And like she doesn't fall for it at first, like at all. She's not phased. Uh, but what does ultimately get her, though, is that Adam tells her that Wilkin has been writing letters to other girls, too. And so this convinces Tiana, like, for to come clean about everything. And she basically gives Ruzik the name of Wilkin's friend that he was going to go meet up with, this guy, Hawk. And so all of a sudden, we're back in the bullpen. And Haley gets a call from none other than her brother-in-law, or, yeah, brother-in-law, Will. Does does Will even know that he's talking to his sister-in-law? Yeah. Is the question. For real. So we don't really see, we obviously don't see Will at all. We just so we only get Haley's side of the conversation, which more on that in a second. But basically, what it was though, like all Will, what we can pick up is that like the other guard is out of surgery and like Will has asked about like how Voight's feeling. That's all we know. Really, that's kind of what's said. So Torres is able to pin down Hawk's real identity and they, you know, then go to his last LKA. So Verzik rolls up on the scene and they go to the door and like Hawk doesn't let him in. And basically because they have a warrant, they can't like force themselves in. But Kim noticed a gun in the gym bag. And since he was a criminal, obviously, who is on patrol, that would be a violation. So they can be then enter because of that. So that's what Kim wants to play. But Adam hesitates to move because obviously given what he was on trial for or testifying about earlier on, like he is hesitating. But Kim goes ahead and goes for it. And basically they end up getting Hawk in custody. You know, he comes clean about 
what he knows about Wilkin. He's like, look, I gave him some money and like a ride and Wilkin changed the plan because he's paranoid AF and just, yeah, this is what he's, this is his plan. So basically Hawk took him to a bus station. So like intelligence decides to like go undercover there. Um, and basically Kim is the one who gets on the bus. Wilkin comes out of the bathroom and killed Kim just like ends up killing him like right there. Ooh, the, 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 the 102 vibes from when Diego was, was kidnapped. Yep, yep. Yep. I was just about to bring that up. I was like, oh man. The vibes. The actual vibes though. 10 but years also, later. I like, I, I died when, when Adam got on the bus and he was like, get behind me, like get behind my vest. At first I was just like, he's being protective again. And then I was like, oh, it's cause she's not armed. Oh, yep. I die. They're so yep. cute. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's kind of the end of the case. And then we get this like weird, this weird moment. So Jay tells Haley, you know, that Voight has him covering the paperwork on the case. That part's not weird, but like, he's like, I'll be home later. It's like, I got a little bit to wrap up here. He's like, I'll be home later. And she's like, okay. And like, he tends to walk away and she like stops him. And she like brings up what Will told her that he and Voight, like where he was this morning was that he and Voight were at med and like, he worked on Voight's wound. And she's just like, I just need to know like what's going on. And Jay's like, yeah, you know, Voight wanted to keep it off book so he wouldn't get benched. And then we get this. His stitches reopened. And we didn't want to get him benched, so we had Will take care of it off book. You could have told me that. I know. Why didn't you? Just, I don't know, I just feel like, I feel like Wheatley. just doesn't feel like you, doesn't feel like us. I didn't want to drag you into it. I'm trying to protect you. I mean, technically, it's illegal. That's all it is. This is not my upstead. No. Like, I want to make a joke about, like, I don't like it when mommy and daddy fight, but, like, I'm not in a joking mood about it. So, like, it's not a good one. But, like, yeah, I really, this is not what we want. It's just, yeah, no. It's really bad. And it's like, again, like he's trying to do what he thinks she did for him last season. But like, this is not it. This is not. Not even the same thing remotely. I don't think it's the same thing. I mean, I I just think I'm, I'm getting the feeling that Jay's just being a dick. Yeah. It just, yeah. So basically, so Haley still thinks that Jay is going to come home for, you know, she understands that he has paperwork to do. She did, she's not mad at that. But so she's like waiting for Jay at home, which, by the way, definitely not the bougie ass apartment. They now condo that definitely looks like the old, old apartment. Right. So anyway, don't know what that's all about. But he decides to instead like he has his text pulled up with Haley on his phone and basically instead decides to go meet up with Voight for a drink. And, like, for no good reason whatsoever, either. Like, what the fuck is going on? This made me so angry. And I was really hoping we were going to get some, like, intel. I was like, okay, like, maybe Voight's going to bring up a job offer or something. And, like, I I really, and there is, like, one look in the scene that makes it seem like there's still something underneath there that, like, Jay did not just show up to go have a drink with Voight for no reason. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's still not good enough. 
It's bad. It's really bad. The implication that he's leaving Haley at home to have a drink with his boss, his boss, his boss, who he's so vehemently gone against in the past 10 seasons. And the thing is, Haley wouldn't care if she just, if he just said, Hey, I'm going to go have a drink with Voight. I think Haley would have been like, okay, cool. Like enjoy yourself. Yeah. Like she doesn't care what she she cares about is being lied to. And like, yeah, just, Yeah. yeah. Hang on a second. Babe, don't turn the AC on yet. We're almost done. Okay. Um, see, she doesn't, okay, like she doesn't care, but also uh, it's just, I don't like the idea of him leaving her at home like that, like wondering where the hell's my husband. Yeah. Because he says he's supposed to be home and he's not. And it's so not like Jay. No. And like if Boyd did pull him into some sort of undercover work, like, how how did you get jay to do your bidding again i have so many questions if which i mean i feel like these are more of a discussion for next week but like when we have maybe somewhat answers i just i don't understand well we'll, let's finish well i think there's some like listener questions about kind of what happened so we'll save that for but anyway so yeah anyway point being we're really confused about what the fuck this was and who the fuck this Jay Halston is. Really yeah. just that simple. But the episode does end on a happy note. Or a more happy note. Because we get the scene with Kim and Adam in the backyard. And we're just going to we're just gonna play it. It needs work. Well, but just a little. I mean, even more than that. It needs life. Family. What's that mean? Um, we're moving in. For real? <laughs> really? Yeah, it was, I'm, hey, I'm mostly doing it for Michaela. Okay. She won't stop yakking about it every night and I can't sleep. She's got five different designs for her bedroom. Currently working with a um, green rabbit motif. <laughs> I like it. I like it. You know, our child psychologist, she always talked about how Michaela needed stability over everything else. I know, I know, I know, I know. know. She doesn't need a wild man cop, 17 CRs in her life. Um, I was wrong. You've proven yourself time and time again. You're stable with her. I believe in you, Adam. I do. And I'm sorry if it hasn't always felt that way. I love this. I know. And I love the last shot, how it ended with like, you know, he just had his arm around her. And, and she like, like snuggles up so, to him. Yeah. She looked so at peace with the decision. I was going to say too, like, that's, I think the most content I've ever seen, not ever seen Ken, but like in a long time. Yeah. That is the, and definitely since all the Roy stuff, but like in a long time, I'd say even before that, like that is the most I've content I've seen Kim. And it just made me so happy. Same, same. Like she yeah. knows it's a good move for Michaela and for her. Yeah. Uh, so good. Yeah. yeah. Um, You guys had a lot to say about this episode. <laughs> a lot. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, So Haley G, who is also a, huge birds shipper and 
Um, she said, I'm a Burjik shipper from the beginning and do feel they are in game. However, I have an issue with the final scene and Burgess moving in. Hear me out before you cut my head off. I don't appreciate that Kim has said Adam has finally proven himself with Michaela and has proven he can be stable. And that's why she's chosen to move in with him. Adam does not have anything to prove to Kim when it comes to Michaela. Michaela was Kim's choice. She chose to take her in and ask Adam to help because she trusted him. Adam made a choice to help. That does not mean that Adam has to prove himself as a parent, in my opinion. If anything, I would argue that Kim has to prove to me that she's a good parent. Adam has shown how much he puts her first and does little things for her and has her at the forefront of her mind. I don't see that from Kim, except for the one time during the custody trial. And even then, we got no scenes of her, just her and Michaela to show me their bond. I believe Adam has a bond with her. I don't believe Kim does. At least the writers have not done enough for me to believe there is one. I think Kim likes having Michaela as a buffer between her and Adam, but I would argue that Adam has stepped up more than Kim since Michaela was introduced. Adam has been there for Kim in every season, every way, every season, and she is the one who ignores it or brushes it off. It should not have taken nine seasons for her to finally realize that. I'm happy Berzik are taking a positive step forward, but they need a romantic movement because this co-parenting found family storyline is not really for me. Prove yourself to me, Kim, and then we can talk. Oh, I kind of love that take, though. I think parts of it is not wrong. No. It's no, it's not wrong at all in parts of it. I mean, I think Adam definitely bonded with Michaela. Like, I think at first he definitely made the effort to bond with Michaela because he's willing to do anything it takes to have Kim in in his life. But obviously, I mean, they have now formed a real bond. And so, I mean, I don't disagree with a lot of that. I will say though, I think, Kim bonding with Michaela is unfortunately just things we see in the white space. And I think it's important for them on television, though, to show more of Adam bonding with Michaela, because that makes us as viewers believe like, no, we know Adam is stable. We know Adam's good for her. And why we're like, so been so angry with Kim this whole time is because Kim can't see it, but we've seen it. And so we're just sitting here being like, girl, he's proven himself to you and Michaela like 20 times over now like what are you doing Mm -hmm. but like we just don't see kim bonding with michaela on tv because i mean in the writer's eyes i'm sure that has no purpose like of course she's bonding with her daughter off screen like of course that's happening right um you know that's not as important for the story as kim as adam bonding with michaela is yeah but i still i yeah Haley. i don't think it's like a total hot take at all no at all Devin a said, who hurt the writers so bad that back-to-back tender age child deaths seems like a good plot point, right? Yeah. Right. Amen yeah. to that. Yep. So Devin a said, Adam in shorts is 100% data mode. Let this man grill and build birdhouses on the weekend. I will watch it all day long. Yes, yeah. queen. Yes, queen. We really need the data merch. I know. I know. I got to get on that. I like, on I that. just have this vision of like Adam, like with the birdhouse in the background, like grilling steaks and just like, da- like hashtag da- Like I just have this vision of like, dadum. Yeah. I, I'll take those fan picks too. If they wanted to send those along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she said, obviously my Berzik heart is fluttering so hard. I'm glad they're fine. I'm glad they're finally having Kim realize what we've known for how many seasons now. The fact that Adam is 100% hopelessly devoted to her and Mac. Yes. Yeah. Yeah um helene said what the fuck is going on with jay i am so confused why is he shutting Haley out and hanging out with void all of a sudden this is not the jay we know Mm-mm. uh no 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 
Um, she said, I did enjoy seeing Haley in charge of the unit when Voight and Jay were MIA, but at what price? Yeah, I did notice that too. I I would definitely, if we're not getting Sergeant Jay uh, Halstead era, then I will gladly take the Sergeant Haley Upton Halstead era. I wonder if Voight is going to let that happen. Uh, no, he's not. But I'm just saying I would watch it 10 out of 10. And it would be amazing because I really did enjoy this. Mm-hmm. No, same, same. And th- at that point when she was running point, I was like, you know what? If this is going to be the new dynamic going forward, I can work with this. When it actually felt like she kind of got everyone involved. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, Taurus, I need you to do this. The, but like, it was like, it wasn't, I don't know. It's just something about it felt very different. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is a nice change. Yeah. Um, and then she said, um, at last, the Berzics, we're moving in. I was wrong. You've proven yourself time and time again. You're stable with her. I believe in you, Adam. And I'm sorry it didn't always felt that way. I believe our Berzic bingo cards are almost full now, right? Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to their completion. Yeah. I could have I could have done with a line of like, sorry about that time I kicked you out of the apartment after you almost died. I could have done with that, but it's cool. I feel like if we do Valentine's um, cards this year, like that just needs to be the Valentine's one. Yeah, for yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. So Franzi said, we have to acknowledge that this was a non-character centric episode that actually had some continuity and followed up with the last episode. Plus we saw Trudy and even got some Torres bits sprinkled into the mix. That felt great. Hope the writers realize that there's enough room in one episode to focus on multiple characters and that this wasn't a one-time thing because it's the episode before Jesse's exit. Mm. Yeah. yeah. True. Uh, she said, I like the Berzik stuff. It was definitely good to see them communicate and seek him apologize. I'm trying not to get my hopes up too much though, because we've been fooled one too many times and it's always one step forward and two steps back with these two. I don't, I, I feel good about this. We got this question too. And somebody was like, how long do you think it's going to last? I'm like, no, I, think, I think it's going to stick around. I don't think we're necessarily jumping into like them making out in like two episodes, but like, I don't think we're moving backwards anymore. Right. So, yeah. You're telling me that Kim and Adam have slept separately all these years and Kim has never once been tempted? Well, I mean, there was the infection, stress of the day, you know. Which got her pregnant. But hmm. the intrusive thoughts won that round. Please forgive me. Anyway, uh, she also said, now about Jay, what is going on? Last season was about the fact that Jay used to advocate against Voight and his brutality in many instances, but after the Roy stuff, he realized that he can't save Voight by always working against him and that he has to work with Voight to keep him from doing fucked up shit. He wanted to save Voight from himself, basically, and even though it still feels strange for for me, I can believe that after 10 years of working with him, Voight's obviously important to Jay. Eh. Eh. It's a stretch for me personally, but I can can ride with that. I can ride with that thought line. Continue. But now he's not working with Voight to keep him from doing these th- those things. Instead, he's working with Voight and they just do fucked up shit together. And that's what doesn't feel like Jay at all. That, 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 that. that. Um, and I think Jay realizes himself that this isn't him. Otherwise, he wouldn't lie to Haley about what he's been doing with Voight. I think the next episode will show Jay going further down that path. Something will happen with the bloody knife from the promo picture. And then ultimately, he'll realize that he can't keep going that way and has to transfer out of the unit to save himself. I, that, I'm hoping it goes that way. I hope so. I don't think it does. You think he's going to jail for Voight? I don't know that. The army. I, I don't know anymore. No, I don't know. 
I don't but know. Re-enlisting doesn't make sense either. Why? Nothing makes like- sense, Gina. I know. That's what hurts. None of these exits make sense. And I think again, if it was a different circumstances, I'm sure they could have found the right. I don't know what the right exit for me right now in this moment like looked like for Jay, but I'm none of these are it. None, none of these are it. it. No. Yeah. Um, Emma S said, I know you ladies have mentioned character development before, but I'm just in shock of how PD is ruining all of Jay's character development. They built for 10 years. He was never besties with Voight and was adamant. He didn't agree with his ways of policing for 10 years. There should be no having drinks together scene and Haley having wine by herself. No. Then she said, why is Jay lying to Haley? He's being so secretive and rude to her. The Jay we know would never be this way without some type of trigger causing it. I, just, I mean, I think there's definitely obviously something going on. We just don't know what it is yet. I just don't understand why, like, Jay has tried so hard in the past 10 years to, like, make Voight make sense in his life, you know? Like, mm-hmm. he's just tried so hard to make it make sense, and it just doesn't. And it's like, when are you going to realize that you need to walk away? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either um they said or she said how do they justify this 180 of a personality change i want someone who works on the show to explain how we went from punching boy in nine four to in a nine two get his getting drinks after work with boy and being buddies exactly yeah also why is boy not telling jay to go home to Haley? not that he cares about their marriage but because he would rather be a miserable man and drink alone and not with jay because boy's a selfish fuck that's why i said that um, and she said, I would be a little more okay with this whole Halstead goes AWOL for half a season if they, uh, half the season they spent, if half, for half of the season they spent showing his character development breakdown through maybe having his PTSD, more noticeable PTSD breakdowns, triggers that end up triggering, triggering a new persona from Jay that leads him down a bad path. It would make so much more sense that he's leaving or doing all this crazy shit if there was more of a backstory to it. Yeah. I mean, we're going to find out next week, but it's not going to be satisfying. No, I agree. It's it's the fact that it's happening in three episodes is like the issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, the bigger issue, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she ends and she says, if they do all of this horrible stuff to Haley and her relationship with Jay that they make up and they make and that they make up for it by giving us a good Upton and Burgess scene with her comforting Haley or someone in the team comforting her over the trauma that she's now going to have to go through with Jay leaving. This is so fucked. Yeah. That shouldn't be like our consolation prize. It's like, well, Haley's really hurt, but like, at least we get to see, like, you know, Kevin comforting her. Like, no, that's not, no. 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 Um, At BBT Wrestling said, how good was Torres tonight already proving himself to be a good member of the team? This, This circles back a little bit to what we were talking about earlier is that, listen, I wanted to be excited. I really did. I just did not have the emotional bandwidth to be like, yay, he's here. I was just kind of like, I can't process this. I really am. I think honestly, when we talked to Marina last week and she was talking about, you know, how like Taurus has a different, you know, he was always in his neighborhood, kind of this like unofficial cop and like helping people stay away from like actually getting in legal trouble. And now his neighborhood's kind of going to see him as a cop and see it as like, him turning on them um i'm actually really excited for that like i'm really i really am excited for torres um and the thing that i will say though if we're talking about torres i still keep seeing a ton of like benjamin hate because 
you know, and I'm like, guys, listen, you don't have to like Taurus as a character. I mean, like you, I definitely are allowed your opinions, but like Mm -hmm. Benjamin doesn't deserve any hate for just literally getting hired for a job and like then doing said job. Yep. Like you can not like Taurus. That's fine. But like Benjamin, no Benjamin hate here. No, no, no. no. We're not doing that. Also, he's just like the cutest little bean and I love him. So (laughs) no, he's very, he's like so precious. Yeah. Yeah. He's so cute. Really soft-spoken, but very nice. Very cute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then uh, at Gryphons 94? Yeah. Is Jay confessing to killing Roy? So basically, this has to do with the promo. And I don't know. Oh, my God. Like, what if he confesses as, like, a a sacrifice of love and he does it to protect But why now? I know. That's the thing that doesn't make sense. If, like, you had told me last season, I would have been, like, I would still be feeling that way. But it would at least been when we were dealing with the Roy stuff. Like, why now? That's what I don't understand. If that is the way they're going, like. It's not the worst thing, but it's, like, also, like, you're a little, like, half a season too late. Well, I mean, it's like they did with with Justin's death and how they circled back to that, like, the end of, like, the next season. Two seasons Not even, later, like, yeah. Two seasons. Later. Two seasons, yeah. Oh, God. Like, what if he confesses as, like, a way to, oh, oh. Yeah. Like to save Haley, and that's like his act, ultimate act of love is going to jail for her. No, no. It's the only thing I know. A lot of people said that like, um, Tracy's still wearing her ring, like when she's on set. And I've kind of wondered that, like, how that, and unfortunately, that would make sense. Like, why she still feels so committed to like him. Of course, I. It just, yeah. I can't. Yeah. So yeah, let's talk about this promo for a second. Um, I wasn't gonna watch it. Yeah. Uh, and, and then, then you then got I, spoiled. And then I did. Yeah, I wasn't gonna watch it, and then I did, and that is what sent me into ugly crying on the group chat. Uh, I have made the decision for me personally that I am not going to watch ten oh three. You've officially decided. I know you were thinking about it, so you've officially decided. I've officially decided. Okay. Um, I've made the decision for me. I don't uh, this close, and and also this close to the wedding, it's going to be a week away, and like, I care about the shows, right? So like these things, you know, they hit hard, and so I've made the decision personally that I am not going to watch Ten O Three. I'm going to kind of treat it like the Supernatural finale and like never watch it. Um, we'll see how well that goes, but my point is, is that. If you're looking at next week and you're saying, I don't know if I can do this, you don't have to watch the shows each week. Yeah. No, you don't. And there's nothing wrong either. I feel like if you right now feel like you don't want to watch it, but then like in six months from now, you feel like you're in a better place and you want to come back to it. Mm -hmm. That's fine too. No one's saying if you give it up now, you can never come back to it. Right. Like that's okay too. And I mean, a conversation we've had a lot with, you know, different friends who have decided to stop watching everything. You guys, these shows should be fun. They should be fun. Yeah. It should not be stressful. You know, it it shouldn't be anything like that. And so just remember that putting the shows down for a minute is an option. Yep. It's an option. 
But also if you want to stay with them, that is also totally fine. Yep. Because that is kind of right now my feelings as I'm planning to stick with them. Yep. Yep. So, and obviously the podcast, just because Gina is not watching next week does not mean the podcast is going anywhere. No, no, we're not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. It's just, it's a lot for me to process Jay's exit, as you guys know. Uh, And you're getting married in like two weeks. So we don't need the emotions on top of, we don't need emotions on top of emotions on top of emotions. We don't need, I don't need those Jay Halstead feels on my wedding day. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But that's an option. Just, just remember that, you know, you can put down the shows if you need to. I'm making the decision just for my mental health and my sanity, because I know I would be for a week. Yes. Yeah. Next, next Friday. So, um, that's an option. Just remember that's an option, but no, we're not going anywhere. Oh my God. No. And I'm coming back for like 10 4. Like I'm just, uh, yeah. 10 4. We're going to get to record in person together. Yeah, yeah. So like, it's going to yeah. be amazing. 10 3 is going to be my 404 of fire. Okay. Like it's the forbidden episode for me. Yeah. I'm not touching it. I'm not yeah. doing it. So yeah, no, you're definitely coming back because like I said, the week after episodes four, we're going to be watching, not only watching together in person, but recording together in person, which is literally never happens. No. Ever. no. So yeah. Do not. Yeah. Don't worry. Don't worry about that for a second. You guys are stuck with us for like ever. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So uh, just a very frustrating night of in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tough night. And like the other thing about the promo that like really sent me into a tailspin was like the text of like, this is the end. I was just like, I'm, I'm gone. Yep. Like, the tears were just like flowing. And then <laughs> my dog was like, no mom, no crying. So yeah. Um, any other notes on PD? No. Patty Slade, Berzik's happy. Yep. Just kind of a, mm, it happened. Yeah. All right, guys, that's about all we've got for today. Uh, it's like the SpongeBob meme, like four hours later. But uh, actually, though. But actually, though, I know, I know. It's about all we've got for today. In the meantime, you know where to find us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, TikTok. Please, guys, please. Gina is killing it with all the TikToks, seriously. Okay, so here's the rule I've made for myself with our TikTok is that if I can't pull it together in 10 minutes and look at it and be like, wow, that's terrible and hilarious, I'm not posting it. <laughs> so, Yeah. Oh, that, the other thing we didn't touch on was PD quick, very quick. Um, there was a lot of stuff on Twitter after, like, after the episode, people were like, Adam Ruzik's a zaddy. And I'm like, oh, I guess I'm learning what that means this week. I didn't. You don't know what a zaddy is? No. Gina. Hi, you didn't, you never heard, you need to clearly catch up on the rookie because you didn't, you've never heard of Tamara refer to Tim as zaddy. No, I, I've heard her refer to him as that, but I never knew what it meant. And then like when they were doing press for the boys, uh, the girl who plays uh, Victoria Newman, she was like Jensen's a zaddy. And I was like, I'm just going to take your word for it. I mean, he, yeah. He is, is a just zaddy. Hot dad? Yeah, basically it's like a, someone who's really hot, like an older gentleman or older, you know, guy who's really hot. Basically. All right. Yeah. <laughs> the more you know. Yeah. Anyway, cool story, bro. So yeah. Go follow us on TikTok. I'm just trying to trying to make everybody laugh over there. It's a lot of fun. Uh yeah. So follow us individually on Twitter. I'm at Gina Watches TV, Bryna. I'm at Bryna K13. Normal schedule going forward, meaning you are going to hear from us on my wedding day. 
That's a thing. So wild. No, I don't care. I know. I know. And like, it's so funny. Cause when we told like back in the, during the summer, when Brian was here, we told my mom, we were like, yeah, we're going to record that day. And she was like, you can't do that. And I was like, watch me. Yeah. I mean, what are we doing? We literally have Thursday morning blocked off to record. Oh yeah. We yeah. were like, we can go get our nails done with the other bridesmaids, but like after we record, <laughs> make sure it's afternoon. We need a full three, four three. hours to record. Yeah. 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 And everybody's like, really? And we're like, what? Like you're not going to record a podcast the day before your wedding. It's you, fine. Yeah. No. What do, you, what do you expect? What do you expect? So yeah. Uh, follow us individually on Twitter. Follow us on socials. Check out our Patreon page. T Public's always having sales. Um, I would say I'm going to work on new merch, but like I, I were lucky if I sleep eight hours these days. Um, it's cool, but yeah, normal schedule going forward. So in the meantime, everybody have a good weekend and we will see you next week. Bye.